Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. God hit record. Oh yeah. Brother, how are you? You know, I'm doing pretty good considering. Considering uh what? Is there something going on in the world I'm not uh, aware of? Oh no, you're aware of pretty much everything that's going on in the world. I've talked oh. to you before and I know you are aware. I was just talking with a crowd of people at the shops just down the street because we got news of a midnight new laws coming in. And that's just something when you hear new laws at midnight, it's so dystopian. I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's never a new law that that's good that starts at midnight. Good laws start at noon. Bad laws start at midnight. Fuck, man. Um, yeah. I was so I was at the vape shop and the vape guys, uh, you know, from India or, or somewhere. Um, we didn't get into it because you know, we don't see that stuff. We don't see that stuff. We're just just two dudes getting fucked by the system. He's sixty something. I'm almost forty in a couple months. Isn't that crazy? How crazy! Wow, you're almost forty. I'm turning forty in January thirty first, and you met me when I was sixteen years old. I know you were a prodigy. 
And you said that five years ago on a podcast when I thought I was being so incognito. No, you were a prodigy. You still, I guess you're not a prodigy anymore because you're 40, but just another those were the days, huh? Good uh, times. Uh, what can I say? Yeah. So the guy at the vape store said, he said, uh, do you want to buy some crack? Because I made it. <laughs> I made a joke about being everyone being locked inside and, and getting hooked on crack. And he's like, do you want to buy some crack? I'm like, no, I, no, I don't want to buy some crack, dude. Like, but no offense if you actually are offering or anyone here does it like that's Vancouver style. Like, Oh, no offense. Like you're some dude who wants to do crack. Like you sort of like go for it. I mean, it's not like the government will let you do ayahuasca with Gabor Mate like they used to and actually heal your soul. So why not let the crack river flow? And he's like, I got a good dealer for you. I'm like, who? And he named this woman. And I'm like, who's that? He's like, the premier. I'm like, that's the premier? Turns out it's the health officer for the government in charge of these new rules, which is going to stop us all from seeing anybody outside our household for two weeks. What's the benefit of that? I'm, and I'm actually asking. Well, you know the answer to that, brother. But, it's, it's to bring in the great reset that's been in the news a lot these days and by the news i mean legit news i'm you know like like real journalists like luke radkowski and tim pool <laughs> yeah because they're the real ones well they they are one's a, like a dungeon and Dragons gamer kid skateboarder dude who i can relate to right my friends right. D D with they all skateboarded and i didn't judge them for it this guy other guy's a born new yorker who i don't know anything about but he shares mainstream stories that no one's talking about. And I'm like, why? These are such big stories. And we're, we're, we're talking about Beyonce. <laughs> You're talking about Beyonce. I didn't even know she was still alive. I'll, all I do is talk about Beyonce because that's, I mean, didn't she come to Vancouver Island to get cloned oh, at the yeah. Raelians? I, I guess so. Is, is that y'all's local cloning station? That's where the Raelians are, and that's apparently why Meghan Markle and Prince Harry went there for a while. And they, they lived close to my family where they were in their estate, of course, and he helped with local housing projects. And the story is that she was getting cloned during that time. Well, and I'm not when, sure. When you're, when you're that famous, you got to get cloned, right? This, you know, what's interesting. This is so. This is a real thing that people are really talking about, apparently. About being cloned or, or the Great oh. Reset. Human cloning. Well, maybe oh, we should touch yeah. on the Great Reset as well. Okay. We're, well, we're, I mean, what is the Great Reset? Like, what we're just gonna like Trudeau's into it. We're not gonna own anything, and we're gonna get to the magical stuff because that's that's. But you know, we got, yeah, we got all night. Base. We got to touch base. Yeah, we got all night. No, then you know the Great Reset. It's just it's it's how the the one percent are gonna become the point oh one percent. It's basically they're going to crash all the world's economy because it's it's basically a scam anyway. Fractional reserve banking. The money doesn't really exist. It's just printed on paper, and the economy should have collapsed a long time ago. But they've been propping it up, and they were going to take us to war here in America, and then they were going to use that as the cover for the Great Reset. But then Trump was elected, thankfully, and uh, he he put a stop to that because he started making peace deals with everybody he could and bringing all our troops home as much as he could 
But then um, they're trying to steal their election from him now. And they're going to use COVID, the pandemic, as their cover story for crashing the world's economy. Huh. Yeah. It's... And trust me, you know, we, I don't, I don't know. I mean, and Trump had a plan that would benefit the people. And uh, I still believe firmly that he will become the president again. And when that happens, you know, the 1%, they're going to get screwed. And there's a whole world out there waiting for that to happen because they will fall right in line. You know, it's like, I don't know what to say about. I'm usually not stumped like this. I'm usually not stumped like this because the Trump thing and I don't know, man, I, I'm so seldom at a loss for words. You know what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> because you never are, man. I remember in 1997 in LA, <laughs> you, me and Dan for all night were talking like in an apartment down the street from Edward, VH Frater BT's uh, podcast designed for outing veiled fratters who are trying to just live peaceful. <laughs> and, uh, and, and there are no bails. There are no bails at this level, brother. I remember it was the first time it was it was ninety seven, and you you un you went on a spiel for like I think I, I'd like to say it was six hours, but it was probably more like four hours. But it was many hours at 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 Frat or DN's house. And well, y'all were both so politically naive. We were. We didn't know anything about politics. Like we didn't know that the Queen of England was an alien. Um, like I, I'm joking, of course, but like I mean, we didn't, we weren't aware of the whole wide range of theories and knowledge that are out there, and we weren't aware about how so many of them are based on facts and how so many of them are used to actually eradicate the existence of certain facts, which that interests me, like that interests me, like especially because how it, what more powerful form of magic is there than to use fiction, imagination, to overrule reality and fact. That is, that's the very definition of magic. So maybe we can temporarily just take a detour here. And if I was to say to you, I, I have no magical experience, but I come from like, say, a Wiccan or Druidic or Shamanic background, and I'm interested in the Martinist order. I'm curious what the pitch is, because I think it's an amazing order that gives you and so many people I know and love so much fulfillment. And so many Golden Dawn people do it. So many Freemasons and Rosicrucians do it. What's the pitch for the Martinist order? Because I know my listeners would love to hear that. Many of them are seekers. Well, first of all, I, I tell you this most sincerely. And I, and I know throughout this conversation, there will probably be very few times I could say that. But I'm very sincere when I say that um, magic is not for you. It's not for anyone. It's it's it's. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy because it is arduous. Don't do it is what you're saying. Yeah, because and I'm not saying I'm not saying don't do it because it's dangerous. I'm saying don't do it because live because you won't have a life if you do if you choose that path. I mean, yeah, maybe I guess after 20 something years, you can kind of like just take a break from it and just, you know, try to have a life if, 
if you're still young enough. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. You know, there was a time early in my magical path where I thought, oh man, it'd be great to have all my friends, you know, be in the group and, you know, we could all do magic together and it'd be cool as shit. Kind of like Hogwarts, I guess. But, well, I was young enough and that's what happened with me up at Temple Tehuti. Right. And, and, and that is, those stories are very rare. You know, that's just yeah. not the way, not the way it works. Yeah. Even though, even though here in Texas, you know, we've, we've got a good thing going here. That's for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just difficult. It's difficult and you will learn so much about yourself that you probably don't want to know. And uh, it's, it will force you to make, actually make yourself better. And a lot of people aren't ready for that. It's, That's it's why I say, don't, I, I, would, I don't recommend this to anyone. But that being said, if you do feel like you've got nothing else, because that's basically the only, the only reason that you would attempt this, if you had nothing else, uh, you know, find a, find a group that's, that's very studious. I mean, learn the basics. I mean, that's, that's what I think the, I'm very fortunate, you know, to have had the golden dawn in my life because uh, that you, I got a solid foundation there. I think I've been in pretty much every golden dawn group that's ever been formed uh, in modern times. And uh, I was once again, fortunate and I'm good friends with so many people. Uh, and I've learned a lot from most of them but uh, at the expense of basically a normal life. Now, would I, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I had a time machine like Baron Trump, if I had a time machine like Baron Trump does and I could go back in time, would I do it all over again the same way? Probably, yes. Uh, and, you know, in, in the 20, 20 something years I've been doing this, what, 22, 23? Uh, there's several times that I wanted to just quit and give up and just become a normie, but I don't know. It's just norm. If you're a normie, you suck. I mean, you're the problem, and I just couldn't go back to that. Yeah, wise, wise words. I mean, I sort of tried a little bit, but what I, you know, what I wasn't really going back to normal life. I was taking what I had learned and who I'd become and trying to apply it to something. And for you, just... you did it so young. I mean, when I started on the Golden Dawn path, I remember I had that application for a full year. And I thought to myself, you know, because I had no idea what, what the fuck I was getting myself into. I had that application for a year before I sent it in. And I thought, you know, I'm going to get all... <laughs> get all my vices out now because if I once I join the Golden Dawn they'll be I'll have to be some kind of upright upstanding citizen <laughs> magical citizen and uh, there will be no time for any vices at all boy was I wrong there Jesus Christ interesting and, yeah so a whole year I, I let that application just it sat on my desk and I looked at it every day for a year and when I turned 26 I sent it in Wow. 
And did we go through Zelator together in 97? Were you in that initiation? Oh, so, yeah, I was in that initiation. But I know you were a Theoricus, so I think you were also going to go through the Theoricus 2 equals 9 initiation. Right, but I, but I went through the Zelator that time, too. Actually, yeah. no, I take that back, because I got my, I did it in 96. In October, I got my Neophyte and the at the same uh, at the same power week. You know, uh, for the neophyte and zelator that that week at the initiations, um, there's Temple Isis, of course, Mighty Mother in LA. Um, for those listening, um, you know, they hadn't finished my robe I had ordered and paid for nine months earlier, of course, and so they put me through in the chief's robe. Hey. He grabbed it from his closet and put me through. She's like, "Don't tell anyone." And you know, when <laughs> when, when Lisa says that to you, you know. You, there's just you would never betray her she's nefties incarnate she would fuck you up if you i would never do anything so B told me not to do ever but you just did you just told no, everyone i just did now well she's she's she would love she would be laughing she'll laugh her ass off when she hears this and i and i yeah and definitely I call her soon because her health's uh failing so i know it's man people are old and we we get old and we die hey that's real. No, that's not true. That is not true. We're infinite uh, empty spirits forever. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, we don't get old. Okay, then briefly, what's the difference if someone's considering going to the joining, going through Golden Dawn training or Martinist order training? What what would be the decision deciding factors you think someone should make between <laughs> Dawn training and Martinist training? They have time to do both in their life, as many do. But what what's the first deciding factor you'd say? Because you've done both. Well, right, and uh, and and I'm like all I can speak for is the Martinist orders. Uh, I've only been in a couple, and uh, while we can take a beginner, you know, someone who has no no knowledge whatsoever, and just run you through. It. And as a matter of fact, and I don't know, it, it might even be good for you if that's just going to be your focus. Um, but I I still think. You know, the Golden Dawn is great because it gave you a well-rounded education, at least in the fundamentals of occultism. But Martinism is, is a lot more focused. It's a lot more prayer-based. It's almost like a sexier mystical order. Hmm. It's very contemplative. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of ritual work compared to, you know, Golden Dawn style so much more prayer work though um and it's definitely it's definitely got its own bent i mean uh, we use a different number system we use a different uh you know set of angels um yeah it's it's got some power to it and then especially you know when you get to the elo cohen i mean i think when i was before I joined the Golden Dawn, when I thought, what what is magic? You know, when I when I was thinking about it and what how I'd like to do it, I think the Elu Cohen. That's exactly what I was thinking of twenty five okay. years ago. So, what really is Elu Cohen? Because I actually don't know. Uh, Elu Cohen is just it's basically now. I don't want to get in an argument with all the you know the Greek traditionalist with you know the ones that do that greek magic yeah, no, from the, speak from your truth like you're deciding what it is right now right. but for me 
the Ten Commandments of Elu Cohen, what is that? What is it to you? It is the best system of theurgy that I've ever come across. Wow. And like I said, you know, I've been doing this for about 25 years now. And um, I love it. I mean, it's, it's definitely reinvigorated just myself. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I've fallen in love with it again. I mean, you know, in the, when you've been in a magical group for so long, you know, a lot of it becomes administrative. And that's just the way it is. The longer you stay, the more administrative stuff you have to contend with. Well, especially I re- like for I know a significant part of my inner order vow as an adept that always stuck on me was the commitment to teach people in the golden dawn and to pass on what I learned as or as as Marcel kindly reminded me while I was in full hierophant gear knocking me again up against a wall one day when he felt I was maybe slacking you got yours now it's your job to let them get theirs and I know that sounds harsh and it's slightly abusive and battery but no fuck it you know I I was I was there to learn even as a hierophant I was still learning from this human being who had something to teach me at all times and right and and and, and that's the way it should be you should never really when you stop learning you stop living Amen. And he was right, though, right? So, like, when you go into what Rudolf Steiner would call the solar initiation, when you have that experience, whether you consider it a higher self, true self, revelation, higher genius conversation and knowledge or whatever, whatever, however you want to paint that picture, you get to this point through the veil into the inner mysteries where you start to develop the tools to do all things that can be imagined in human existence but there's a responsibility that you have gotten yours and it is your job to pass that on. I mean, it's in the original four vows of any true Rosicrucian. And it makes sense to me that whether I like it or not, I knew before I took that step that if I gain certain things within myself at the grace of others, part of that commitment is to pass on what I can to those I can. And that's very noble of you. And as, as we all should be like that. Isn't that not how but, it is? But that's, but that's just not the real world, you know? And you know it's not. Because in the real world, Baron Trump has a time machine and can write books 100 years ago. That's a, that's a fact, right? Well, it seems to be. <laughs> how did those books get written and and just for fun i did i did in fact a few days ago actually warn people that i would be talking to um what some might consider people on the radical right and radical left in the upcoming month so i actually gave a warning for this very conversation in in not, not so uncertain terms because i and what i said then was if magicians can't talk to people across all spectrums then what, how, how the fuck are we magicians at all, right? If we can't be hermetic and extraterritorial and bounce between spheres, even into dark or light realms that we don't feel comfortable in, then we're all a bunch of phonies. Exactly. And, and unfortunately, you know, too many people on both sides 
but particularly one side actually, they're, they're just, they don't seem to want to engage in discussion of the ideas. You know, it's the, the, too many people just shut down and it's just like, no, what I believe is true. And so that's just the way it is. If you don't believe like me, then uh, I guess I have to kill you. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't even understand it, but uh, th that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I mean, the society has become extremely polarized and I don't really understand even in the magical groups, why that is. I mean, we're taught, you know, to approach things from a balanced perspective. Yet I don't really see that too much. I don't know. If, if it weirds me out. I mean, I I feel like I've lost a lot of magical friends in the past five years. Due to politics. Yeah, due to politics. Yeah, and that that fucking sucks. And I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a ranter, you know, and but I, but I but I always but I always have an open mind, even though even though I have my beliefs, I'm willing to listen, and I still take information from everywhere. But I don't see that happening, even with a lot of adepts, you know, that I know and respect. Crazy. It's uh, even very intelligent people have, have gone mad on both ends of the spectrum. Um, and without a doubt. Identitarianism is so powerful that it can take very cr normally critical, intelligent people and, and, and feed on this kind of insecurity and hatred that I think has been maybe, maybe it's been boiling beneath the surface for a long time. And maybe we, you know, maybe our, our generations of people that haven't ever had to go to war and knowing that we probably won't have a boots on the ground war again, maybe that's made us different and yet we're still craving conflict. May, I hate to, like, this is crazy talk for me, but let me let me talk crazy to you because if I can't talk crazy to you, then <laughs> the fuck can I talk crazy to you? But like- uh, I, would, I would fathom no one, yeah, but maybe, you got me. You do got me. You're in Austin, Texas. I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Like what better strange harmonious polarity could you ever wish for? I mean, uh, they're like sister cities, almost. They're like sister cities, um, but not, and also, you know, God bless us all. Um, but here's the point. Here's the point. Sorry, I bought a very fine scotch tonight because I knew I would be talking to you, and I'm just so excited. <laughs> uh, and I and I I was looking at this. I'm holding right here my my neophyte diary and looking at the entry of when I was initiated. And I tried to find an entry where I met you, but it's in that's in my Zelator diary, which is a wall sadly but um you know i had my library stolen and everything but hopefully i'll find that one um and and i just looking at those times and when i was lo learning and growing as a magician 24 years ago 25 years ago when i met you guys it was just so beautiful and so powerful and i want to say thank you so much for talking to me because when i first messaged you about doing a podcast with me ages back i remember your response do you remember what you said no you said yeah for you oh okay and my, well, here i am <laughs> my, heart swelled, my heart swelled and tears dripped in my eyes and i was just so grateful that because i love you and i want you to know that that I, in no uncertain terms i love you and well 
I, I love you right back. And but and and I hate to you know to, to kind of like make light of that, but I, I'm a whore. I'll do anybody's podcast pretty much. I mean, I, I've got nothing going on. Why did at you night, tell me so. that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it was hard to pin you down, so at least I did. <laughs> All you did was you found me on Facebook. It wasn't hard at all. No, I mean to make it happen. We've been talking. Oh yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, it's been months in the making. But you, have, the making. you have like a, 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 a kids, right? In Wilmer, I, no, I have stepkids. Stepkids. Uh, Step I don't. I don't date their mothers anymore. But I can't just abandon the kids. You know, if I form a relationship with the kids, well, it's not their fault that me and their mother couldn't work it out. And uh, I, I'll keep the kids, you know. So that's I have, you know, man. about four or five, four or five stepkids. Uh, a lot of them are getting to the ages where, you know, they, but really want to have nothing to do with adults whatsoever. Which, you know, that's kind of cool, I guess. You know, they have to become independent. But uh, yeah, I, I love them all. I love. I, I'm I'm just a people person, though. Well, yeah, well, be, yeah, you are also lucky, you know, like, you know, having kids in your life is a blessing. And, uh, and It is, because I have no kids of my own. Right. And um, that's one thing about, about this whole magical journey. If I, ha I have very few regrets in my life, very few. That, was pro that would probably be one of them. But I'm still young enough to have kids, so... Unfortunately, unfortunately, my standards are so freaking high lately. It's just like I'm not gonna settle. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I sort of didn't settle a while back and got blown away, and that was a good reminder that that the right person might be out there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Single dude to single dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm not single right now, but I know what you I, mean. You know, yeah. just the person I'm the person I'm with, you know, they they don't want to have any more kids. So, yeah, no, no one's ever single in Austin, Texas, right? What did no, you everybody's everybody's single in Austin, Texas the on night. the weekend. You guys during the week we're not during the week we're not single, but during the weekends we are. You guys are just fucking all the time. You're all this like is, this being a Thursday. I am not single. Fuck. Tomorrow, who knows. Yeah, what was it you guys always said to me uh, back in the '90s? You were like, "Can't find a girlfriend." Texas can't find a girlfriend. I don't think those words ever came out of my mouth, but that sounds more like Mark. But uh, yeah, that was I, I would agree. I would agree with that actually. That was that was Freder fucking did this. He fucking did it. Fredder fucking did it. That's what we called him. Fredder fucking did it. But it was Fredder Fundatus. Big Fundatus. And yeah, I dropped him a line recently and said hi. And he, he we, you know, we were like, I love you. I love you more, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. But, you know, I would love to talk to him. I'd love to, I'd love to see all you guys, Holly and them. And uh, I, I just, I might have to move to uh, Austin, Texas, brother. I just, well, I might... like I said, we have room for one more. Just one, though. I'll, I'll be on the next post quarantine plane. <laughs> all right. I got room for you. What do you mean you have room for me in Austin, Texas? Yeah, we have, because it, there's so many damn people are moving here, especially now that Rogan and Tesla moved out here. I mean, Elon Musk, it's just like, damn, <laughs> really? So you mean it figuratively? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, geez. I was like, what, does this guy have like a shack with a magic? It's probably the most, 
beautiful city uh, in America. Maybe San Diego rivals it. Uh, and I, I love this place. I probably live nowhere else in America but Austin, Texas. But um, the roads were not designed to hold this many people. We need flying cars. Flying cars. We don't even have a freaking loop in Austin. We don't even have a loop. We have something called Loop One. It does not loop. It's a straight fucking line. Yeah. It's a straight Amen. fucking line. We we just got Uber up here. It just happened. So so and I get... just got Uber. What the fuck century are you in? Uh we're a hundred year old country. Let's put it that way. We're a hundred year old country. But they've been giving every motherfucker here in Canada two thousand dollars a month since quarantine in March. Shut up. Did you know that? No. Neither did I. Damn. You know is, what? Is that Canadian? Is that you, Canadian? Yeah. So it's only like ten dollars. So, so like twenty twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five dollars a month. Thirty-five, forty, forty, ninety-nine. Yeah, no, like so I just bought a bottle of Glenn Livet tonight, and that cost sixty-two dollars. A Canadian. Now a bottle of Canadian club whiskey will cost you for a handle in America fifteen, sixteen dollars at Safeway. Up here it costs you fifty dollars. So our money spends a lot lower. We get paid about $10 an hour, 14 if you're in Alberta or one of the hillbilly the provinces. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love you guys. Just shout out. Just joking. Um, and He's not joking. He is not joking, y'all. You're getting me in trouble. <laughs> um, and so... But he okay, but you know, even though the rent in Vancouver is like exorbitant, like you'll you'll pay 13, 1400 bucks for a room in a house here. Um, but like, no, the money's basically still the same. So two grand a month to every Canadian who who needs it, that's a lot of money. I that is a lot I, of money. It's a we lot we got twelve hundred dollars once. Like, like at the same time, let me put it this way: you can get like 40 pieces of sushi here for 10 bucks. Damn. Yeah. So let's put it in terms that favor us. You can get an ounce of weed for $25. An ounce? Oh, yeah. In a Ziploc. Some dude in it with a garbage bag on the street will just pull it out of his jeans and give it to you. I'm joking, but I'm not. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, like well, I, I need that, that is favorable. I said to my buddy, do you, do you, can, you know, the stores are selling them for like 15, 20 bucks a gram now that it's government style. Um, and they're dry as fuck and full of this plastic packaging that's raping the environment. Go green. Uh, slip that in before you noticed. And so I said, where's the street dealers at that, you know, and he's like, fuck those guys. And he's like, yo, here's an eighth. And I was like, how much are you? 20 bucks, 25 bucks. He's like, oh, it doesn't matter, man. It's 20 bucks an ounce. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? 20 bucks an ounce. So that's a price point comparison for you, America. Yeah. Uh, real talk i mean this I video is getting so demonetized you, <laughs> i didn't know spotify they, they monetize you <laughs> no man they they <laughs> after my podcast blew up during quarantine they they had me monetized and then i started oh, really I, yeah oh i was i was about to clean yeah apparently uh everyone i've talked to in podcasting says based on my numbers Within the next year, I should be clear, clearing two, three grand a month for this podcast. Dude, I heard if you, if you have nine thousand uh, viewers, a podcast, you should be make you should be sponsored. 
Yeah, so I'm almost there. You're almost there? How yeah. many people you got? I'm I'm like a couple thousand downloads listeners a month a week. A couple thousand a week. Yeah, you need, you need to bump those big. numbers, it's, buddy. If I thought you about need to get some more exciting guests. If I you know what your problem is? You're talking to chumps like me. That's your problem. You need to step it up a notch or two. <laughs> Mr. President, what are your thoughts on the LBRP? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be Well, funny. you know, when I talk to people like um, Tabby or uh, Tabby Cicero or... or you know, big wigs. When I talk to the big, well, I love. By the way, I lo I love you, Tabby. I miss you very much. She's um, she's a gem. I didn't realize what a hardcore scholar that woman is. But Tabby, oh my gosh, Cicero she is, she is, is she's solid. I mean, and and she is legit without hanging, a doubt. Hanging with her and Chick and Lon Milo with Frater Deanne with Dan Ortiz, right? Like at PantheaCon, that was that was such a trip. That was a trip. People kept looking at all of us and being like, wait, what the fuck? And like, <laughs> Tabby, Chick, Lon, and me. And some other some other dude. <laughs> oh, no, they all knew who I was at PantheaCon, motherfucker. They, I was fashionably late for my lecture, and it, the hall was full of hundreds of people, including Mary Kay Greer, right, Women of the Golden Dawn. They were all in my lecture hall, and I was fashionably late because I got so fucked up the night before with a bunch of <laughs> And... Uh, People from you the Pantheacon doesn't run on magical time. They they had to call me and wake me up and shit. And, and oh, damn. because I was expecting to lecture to like 12 people in a in a circle of chairs, like and I expected <laughs> half of them to leave as soon as I said something. I was expecting a regular academic presentation because that's all I know. I'd never done this global magical thing before. Okay. You know me, like dude. When I heard you out me on Esoterra Nerd Podcast, I flipped a switch. I flipped a switch. I was like, oh, so the last 17 or 12 years that I thought I was laying low has been completely pointless because you completely outed me for thousands. I think a dox, dox is the proper term. You doxed me, you bitch. Oh, my God. But you know what? You became famous after that. I, I I wouldn't say that, but maybe. Wait, interesting. wait! You're you're not famous. If you're not famous, what am I doing on this podcast? <laughs> um, you know who I'm? I am po Okay, I'm podcasting a, a legit author after you. I'm podcasting Rufus Opus. Oh my god, I love that guy. He is a rock star in the field. I was field. so hoping he is a rock star. Talking. Him and Jason Miller. Oh my gosh. They, and uh, Frater Chasson, man, those three right there, they are the rock stars of the yeah. industry. Oh, dude. So I've been talking to Brian, right? And he and I only talk about ninjutsu and martial arts. <laughs> and <laughs> that, I, that's so I, awesome, dude. <laughs> I told him, I was like, dude, you got to come on my podcast now that I've like, I've cracked 6,000 downloads a month. You got to come on. And he's like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, only ninjutsu. He's like, what, what? I'm like, yeah. What if we talk for like three, four hours only about ninjutsu? 
Oh, dude, you will piss so many people off. If you <laughs> There'd be people out there that most people out there would be like, you're wasting your time. <laughs> you fucking stupid cunt. You're fucking wasting your time. And I'd be like, what? No, I want to know more about Shinkangata. Like, tell me how you do Hongaku when you're like crouched. I want to know. And he'll be like, I'll tell you how, how to do it. Let me get my skull spirit. And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> and, but no, how funny would that be if people like listen to a podcast with Frater RC and Ashen, Frater Ashen Shasan, and all they do is talk like technical Japanese terms for a martial arts style that no one cares about anymore. That would be hilarious. Totes hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I know Paul Rana would love that shit. Oh, yeah, he would. But he's all- not the only one. Paul, yeah, no, that's the thing, actually. Even, even we might even have as a listener the great and mighty Andrew Martini. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Maybe that beautiful, beautiful uh, guy would come on. I mean, there was no moment greater I, I've ever enjoyed, and I'm joking, of course, but that moment where on, on a Golden Dawn Universum forum, he responded to Samuel Scarborough by saying, that's just you just think cat that he said something like it's been deleted now but you just think that because you're a fat faggot <laughs> like this is the kind of uh, a ninja ninjutsu master that are embraced by the likes of david griffin and aka oh. oh my goodness you're i mean I, yeah, this is definitely de- getting demonetized but no i'm gonna get sponsors um, and I just like a bunch of people on the forum because there's thousands and thousands of people on it for some reason. I don't know why everyone's so interested in the obs- insane uh, masochistic uh, hermetic initiations and rituals that we've been doing for decades. It boggles my mind that so many people are interested in it now. But you got to love the fact that you've got these like so-called masters of light coming along and saying, you just think that because you're a fat faggot. Yeah, that is like, priceless right there. You should somebody should screen grab that shit. I did, oh, many of them did. That's how it got shared. <laughs> we all have it. Everyone <laughs> has it. <laughs> like, you know, Twitter has it, and that's eternal. So yeah, what to say about uh, well full disclosure, you know, I, I was in David Griffin's group and uh, I do talk to him from time to time. Dude, I'm no longer in his group though. Even Eric Cisco joined Eric Cisco became and that's not his real name, but we know that. And he became his cancellarius and did his oh, yeah. five equals six initiation in Paris. Hey, you know, when we when we left Holmesy, yeah, you know, that was not a I don't know, not people didn't have a lot of options. And obviously he was taking on everyone. I mean, he took us in as a full temple. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you go to Cisco I mean, instead of Griffin? Well, there's there's a story behind this. Um, okay. We went to we went to Griffin obviously because well he he offered. Uh, we didn't even know Chicken Tabby back then, and uh, we were with that group for a year. Uh, Rather, F was our hierophant, and uh, I was the hierist, and I thought I was going to become the hierophant in the next term uh and and there was another fratter who had been talking to jorge and david uh and 
they decided to go to pick him. And uh, there was a full-on revolt. And about, I don't know, six or seven members quit. I didn't. I was not one of them. You know, I was just like, well, whatever, you know. And, and they, they kicked me out because they thought I was, you know, causing a schism. When I wasn't, I mean, I would never violate my vows like that, at least not in that way. I would do it a lot more snarky or sneaky or, you know, it wouldn't be so obvious if I was doing it. And uh, the funny thing is, is that uh, I had been, I had been in contact with a, with a frater from the Chick Cicero's group who happened to live here in Austin. And um, after I got kicked out, I told him, you know, that same day, I guess it was early in the afternoon. And uh, he goes, oh, dude, that sucks. Hey, eh? and I was like going, yeah, it did suck. And uh, he goes, well, I'll see what I can do for you. And, you know, I didn't really even know what that meant. But I just said, well, cool, thanks. I appreciate it. And then about five or six o'clock that afternoon, I get a call from a weird number. I answered it and it was Chick Cicero. And uh, he said, hey, uh, I heard about what happened to you, which I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck these people know this shit? And then I, oh, then I realized, oh, the guy I talked to. And he goes, so I tell you what, uh, we got a temple there in Austin. We, you know, we haven't really talked about it much, but uh, if you want to, you can come join our group. Wow. So after going through getting invited to Portal in Homsey, then spending about a year and a half with Griffin's group and working my way up to 4-7 there. I had to start all over again in Neophyte. And not only that, ate the prescribed minimum time before I took my initiations. Jesus. But I worked my way all the way up to 5-6 in that group. Wow. How, how, would, how is Chick Cicero's group different from Homsey and uh, International? Well, I'll tell you what, um, obviously they had a lot more, they had real adepts. I'm not saying that Homesy didn't have real adepts, but, uh, well, we got you know, the adepts. Yes. We got. And, but Homesy, what I, what I do love about Homesy and what fortunately the Texas group has taken from them because, you know, we, we all c cut our teeth in Homesy, uh, the reverence that they have for the temple. I mean, in all the Golden Dawn groups I've ever been in, there was no temple like Mother Isis Temple. What about Tehuti? Temple Tehuti? That was, that was not even close, dude. Oh, fucking suck a dick. Well, that's true, and you know it. No, Temple Tehuti kicked Isis's ass. Not even, dude. I mean, it had a better, it had a better locate, I mean, not a location, but it had a better building, yes, without a doubt, but the coutrume was not as good. I mean, let's face it, ISIS, I mean, they spared no expense. You know what? It occurs to me the last time you saw Temple Tehuti was in 2001. And it, it did yes. change a lot over the next year because uh, Martin and I implemented a change. We stopped doing Equinox dues for only $100. And we, we divided the temple's expenses and required funds between all the members. We had over 100 members that were highly active. And so 100 we, members? Dude, have you seen our monthly uh, schedule chart? Like 
people would sign up to use Temple B because Temple A was busy at 4 a.m. to do ritual work for two hours. And I'm talking about like Zelators or Theorikai coming in to do ritual work, getting up in the middle of the night so they could come and do it in the temple instead of at home. We were busy. And when Martin and I emphasized a, a monthly payment program over a, a Equinox payment program, all of a sudden the rent was covered. All of a sudden everything was covered. We had plenty of money for everything in Booyah. And the people at Temple of Isis were like, wait, what did you do? And we were like, we did this. And they were like, but how did you do that? Like, did you get Zinkipu's permission? And we're like, what do you mean? They're like, did you ask Voldemort if it was okay? And we were like, no, we just did it. And we got high fives all around. <laughs> we had all these Isis adepts high five. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, even TDL was like, nodding impressed he's like oh okay <laughs> you just decided to instead of charging people 100 bucks every six months you would charge them 50 every month and we're like yep and it worked 50 canadian 50, it didn't matter it actually at that time our money was worth more than yours impossible how do you like them apples i was in america That's impossible. i was in america when i was when our money was briefly for like a couple days worth more than your money and i tried to spend a canadian bill and they were like no no we're not taking that <laughs> it was still worthless <laughs> like, my tree bark is as good as your tree bark actually it's worth more. Like, no no but i and i did what they uh, said because i was trying to get on the plane so but yeah, no, um, we, we, we had changed a lot in two, from 2001 to, to 2004 when I shut down the temple and, and the big schism happened. That was, there was a lot of changes. Now, like the, you know, higher ranking members in philosophy felt like they shouldn't have to pay those dues because they were honored. And that was a problem. And they also oh, felt like gay. they shouldn't have to do ritual work anymore. It was, it was, we were getting into a weird lazy, a weird lazy stream of people were coming through. And uh, I didn't know what to do about that, except just keep focusing on the work, keep teaching classes and just sort of, you know, everyone in the inner order said, just expel them all and start fresh. And I was like, I know I could. Marcel always said to me, he always said, you know what, you know why this, this will go on forever? And I said, why Marcel? And he said, because all I have to do is walk out with the clothes on my back, go somewhere new, set up a phone number, start doing initiations and the phone will ring. And I was like, you know, that is a powerful statement about magic and the mysteries. It it's, is actually. It's true. Because when you do this stuff, like you said earlier in this beautiful, beautiful podcast, um, what you said was just, how did you say it? It takes your whole life. Like, yeah, it does. I mean, don't it, do it. It, it. Don't do it. It takes your whole life. It's you not might. a lifestyle. It is a life. Yeah, it's no. Wait, it's not a lifestyle. It's not a life. Say it. It will snuff out your life. You will not have a life if you choose this path. And this and is if you do have a if you do have a life, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to go full, fully into this work. And uh, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. I couldn't imagine not doing it. 
I couldn't. It has its ups and downs, you know. It has its ups and downs, but there's more ups. I feel. Oh, you know, that's the that's the strange thing now that a lot of people are talking about this stuff online. I find again the the sort of natural uh, medial narrative form of our attention clings to the tragedies and the those spikes of drama, but the the low spikes of drama those are actually huge spikes of joy, transcendence, ecstasy, ritual practice, dedication. Like, one, I, like you know, this podcast has blown up to over 6,000 listeners a month, which is fucking doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't really want to talk about because if I think about how many people listen to this podcast, I would self-destruct. Um, not to mention my family would, you know, yeah. Um but the more we do it, I don't know how to say this. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't. You don't know what I mean. Okay, so let me see if I can find the right words. Yeah, I, I might have just lost it. It's possible. Oh, damn. I was following you, though. You I were- really was. I mean, I think, I don't know. I hate to presume, but I think you just meant like, hey, you're not going to find this anywhere else. No, it really is. It really is unique. And like you said, it is rewarding. And and you'll never find out more about yourself doing anything else. Like, can can I can I read this thing? It's very short. This is uh, a, a November 22nd, 1996. Okay. Okay. From my neophyte diary, I'm holding my hands, wrapped in silk. I am now a neophyte in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. It, this is almost, this is 14 years ago, almost to the day. It is a very exciting and interesting time for me. Yet sadness still reigns upon my happiness. What a, what a fucking cheesy ball teenager I was. So, yet sadness still reigns upon my happiness. My friend, Marlon was recently taken up by honored Azrael. May he find love, truth, and knowledge, 770. Yeah, he died in a car accident, 18-year-old friend of mine. I was 16, he was 18, 15. One, I must confess, I must now enter into this diary daily once again, because I'd taken a break in between my own attempt to self-initiate through Donald Michael Craig and um, signing off to actually join the Order of the Used Car Salesman, which I wouldn't have joined if it wasn't for Frater Ka, who I don't think you met. Um, but Nina- I have not met him, but we have had several discussions on Facebook, and uh, he's invited me to come stay in his country and just hang out. And uh, I want to really take him up on that offer because yeah. is he in Malaysia? He, yes. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he is fascinating. Oh well, he's the one who gave me my motto, Frater RC, right? Right. Right. Yeah. He, he, I remember he was still conjugating the Latin because um, it wasn't perfect enough because he was a, he's, he's a real scholar. Um, and uh, learning from him was a, a real great blessing. I only got to learn from him for three, four months into Neophyte after I passed my Zelator test um, before I flew to Vienna to go do some high school there. And he was gone by the time I came back. And that was, of course, we know due to the you know the Arabic issue within the it was kept we were Catholicizing the Golden Dawn was Catholicizing in our inner order we weren't aware of that because we were outer order people and we were just there for the education not for the uh, inner order cult 
I wrote, I must now enter again into that, my diary daily again. It is a requirement of the GD. Two, the LBRP went well and with power and with conviction, lack of visualization. Three, the middle pillar. I did it in a position Frater Samuel showed me the name I can't recall, but it draws one's willpower. And that was the Reikian middle pillar. You remember the Reikian middle pillar? Oh, yeah. I also said weather. It is cold outside and there is a three-day-old snow on the ground. Mood. Sad and break, uh, at breaking a commitment with DF. I don't remember who DF is, but probably I skipped uh, uh, hanging out with a friend to go to my neophyte class with uh, Nineveh Shadrach. And uh, that was my initiation day in 1996. That's the diary entry. There we go. Nice. It was it was a challenge to get into the order at, at 15 years old, but I don't think there's anything else I could have done because I knew I was meant to do it. And I was talking with, you know, Augustine uh, from Golden Dawn Collegium Spiritus Sancti? Sancti? I don't think I do. Augustine Reyes. So he joined in 2004, which is just after I closed Tahuti. And he went through the grades throughout 2004 to 2000. He did seven years in the outer order, five years in the outer order did an adepthood and became the imperator for Temple Ta. And you remember Temple Ta and those Chicago fratters and sores that oh, were, yeah. they were just gearing up in the order as we were on our way out, really. Right. As you were on your way out and I was on my way to the inner order. And they've gone through a lot of changes themselves. And now they're run by people who never knew who we were or who Homsey was. And that's amazing because like I did. It is amazing because I thought everybody knew. I mean, shit, those were like the, the early days of the, the Golden Dawn Flame Wars. Oh, Flame Wars. Like Flame Wars isn't even an expression anymore. Isn't that interesting? I thank God. I mean, it's, it's pretty sad when the OTO has a better name than we do. You know, thankfully, that's not the case anymore. Okay, hold on on that pause that a second but like flame wars is actually something i wish we still had because at least you were allowed to flame each other now as soon as <laughs> the match they get canceled yeah cancel culture is weird i have two friends who are uh you know they're they're total witches i mean witches sorry what did i say witches yeah witches, witches. Yeah, Sabrina and Celeste, one's in Toronto, one's in New Orleans, and we they've been on my podcast and we talked and we talk a lot now because they're they're both also like uh, you know, uh failed PhDs doing with 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 too too much education and master's degrees jangling like shackles about their neck, wondering what to do. And they are like, hey, what if we professionalize our spirituality as well? Fuck it. Let's let's let the world see that there's actually more than one serious academic with hardcore qualifications who's also professionally into spirituality. And I was like, oh, this is becoming a thing now. How cool is that? Right? And they just I'd went, say about a four. I'd give it a four, okay. maybe four a four point two. Four out of five. That's that's almost five. No, 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 no. Four, yeah, four yeah, out of ten. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> but here's the cool thing, bro. They just almost got canceled by all these people claiming to be Romany gypsies. Oh, did I just say gypsy? I don't mean gypsy. I. Well, you can't say gypsy. You can't say gypsy. It's like worse than the N word. No, it's not. Yeah, so now you're so canceled. You can't read tarot anymore, Fratter, because you are canceled. You know what? So I'm beyond that. They're getting canceled by Romani. I'm beyond tarot 
and I'm definitely beyond canceled. Fuck anyone. You're beyond being canceled. So they're damn right. People like they're getting sent death threats on Instagram by these Romani people saying only we can do tarot. Pay us now. Pay us money online for reparations and for free education that we just gave you by telling us that you should die and you're a fucking cunt for using. Well, that's their problem. They have Instagram. It's TikTokers. TikTok. That TikTok is for kids. These are kids. These are kids canceling adults with education. They need a fucking good spanking. That's what they need. And I'm not talking about it in a sexual way either. I'm talking about fucking bending them over the knee and fucking giving them a fucking spanking. Telling them to fucking shut up and fucking respect <laughs> their elders. I'm pretty sure when you said these kids need a spanking, no one thought you meant in a sexual way. Good. <laughs> but yeah. Um, hey, I grew up in the age of, of going to the playground and having a mixture of joy and glee as I was on the swings and the monkey bars and terror as inevitably three or four kids every day would cry their eyes out being spanked over a swing set or a, or a teeter-totter. So like that was that was the 80s, right? That was the 80s. Good times, good times. Right, you know, everyone's having a good time till some kid gets spanked to tears and then everyone's having a good time five minutes later. You learn your lesson. That's right, hopefully. Even in Vancouver Waldorf School, bro, our Waldorf School teacher in grade one would wash, wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> I remember, I remember, oh. uh, I think it was Marika and Naomi, definitely Naomi got her mouth washed out for soap more than with soap more than once. I now maybe that was connected with the teacher not working there the next year, but I don't actually know. But Naomi got her mouth washed out for, uh, with soap for swearing and saying shut up or or saying that's stupid or something like that you know grades that's not even a swear yeah grade one stuff grade one stuff oh yeah i know kids have like guns in their tote bags now but um and now she manages mick fleetwood how do you like them Go go figure this kid and she was in grade 12 everyone was like yeah no she's burnt out she's a stoner (laughs) <laughs> now she manages Mick Fleetwood in Hawaii. Hey, that's a good gig if you can get it. <laughs> I was like, girl, you just won the class reunion. Yeah, yeah it's funny, man. Uh, teachers, they teach a lot, even in Walder School, like I was taught in, right? But they don't know you. They don't really know you, right? So you got to know yourself. And that's where magic came in for me. That's where magic, I was, you said earlier, you said earlier that magic is for when you have nothing else. I had nothing else at age 12 except a straight razor. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I was ready to be done with it when I was 12, 13 years old. And then I found magic, like real magic. Fucking Canada, I swear. Huh? Fucking Canada. Fucking Canada, blah, blah, blah. But like, when I discovered magic, I realized that, you know, I could transform myself. I could, I, I don't know if it was the idea that reality was more than I saw or if it was the hope that was, it was more than I saw. But do you remember when you were a kid ever wanting or feeling like there might be more than you saw or magic in the world? Hell yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I got into magic to to screw chicks and fucking have power over others. 
Okay, you were one of those guys. See, I was one of the more victim survivor types who was like, I need this or I'm going to kill myself. You were one of like both my Wiccan coven friends when I was 14. They were both like every every equinox or every Sabbath, every Sabbath, they were like, one would be like, I'm doing a ritual for sexual potency. Another one, I'm doing a ritual to get laid. And I'd be like, I'm doing a ritual for healing and spiritual transformation, right? So there's like there's both kinds of magicians out there. But you know, one thing that for, to Martin's credit that he would always say is it doesn't matter why you come to it. And even be, I, I mean, TDLs would say that. TDL, Ramsey would say, it doesn't matter why you come to it. He said to me, I came to it because I played Dungeons and Dragons and wanted a, a staff of power. And now look who he is as a human being. He's an inspiration, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and let's face it, we all come to that point in, you know, in our growth when we realize exactly what magic is. And it's not about having power over others. It's about having power over yourself. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's when a lot of people quit, without a doubt. Why? But, uh, why? I, I mean, I, it's a stupid question, but why would people quit when they realize they want that, that it's about power over yourself and not power over others? I because don't. Then they have to be responsible for their actions. It's just, I, I like to think that most people want to be responsible for their actions, bro. You live in a fucking fantasy world, dude. Amen. Hallelujahs, hallelujahs. I live on the street, bro. There's, not, there's no example out there that I can even call on to say, okay, well, yeah, I can see that. You know, look at everybody today. Cancel culture is not fucking being responsible for yourself. It's my way or the highway bullshit. The authoritarianism and identitarianism, uh, trumping for lack of a better word, <laughs> uh, trumping humanitarianism disturbs me to my core dude I, I i'm so embarrassed and ashamed of the left they have become what they despised they really have i mean they want to, to ban free speech in america well, they already have, actually. I think I, I, I witnessed it firsthand. I'm not saying this as a talking point, but I was there like not long ago and everyone knows it. And I experienced it. I experienced deplatforming. I experienced not being able to leave, leave my bedroom without my camera on record and a fucking can of mace in my hand. I couldn't leave my bedroom without my camera on record and a can of mace in my hand. How the fuck does that happen? You know why? Because it's from kids who didn't get fucking spanked when they were young. That's why. <laughs> Soundbite of the month. I'm but like, I, I, God knows, brother, I would love to, to just dive into joke land with you because I love you to pieces and you're fucking funny as shit. But like, I feel like, I feel like we might be able to solve the world's problems if we just use our brains hard enough in the next 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm way too much an Aquarius. What's your sign, by the way? I can't remember. I'm a Pisces. I'm on the cusp. Of course you're a Pisces, man. Pisces double Leo. You're like, vote Trump, I love you anyway. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, and and like, let's, so let's. And, 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 let's, and, and just 
I don't know if anybody out there that knows me knows up and up until last November or earlier, earlier in the month, uh, didn't, I've, I, I've only voted in one election in my lifetime and that was for Ross Perot. You voted for I, Ross Perot? Yes, of course. My parents making fun of him when he was on the TV when I was little. Of course I voted for Ross Perot because he was the Trump of his age. But there is, there is an attractive quality to the non-governmental person becoming gover governmental. Of course, we had that with Trudeau in a way, but he fucking shot the bed, you know? He is, he's, he's been a politician since birth. Fidel Castro's his dad. So did you know that last year in Prague, when I was lecturing in Prague, I stayed at a big mansion for the, of the ambassador of, of Czech, of Cuba, of Peru to the Czech Republic and all over the walls when I walked into it the first night there was pictures all over the walls of these people with Fidel Castro crazy and I asked my friend I said why are all these pictures of people with Fidel Castro she's like oh it's he's my dad's best friend <laughs> and I was like oh your dad's best friend is Fidel Castro and Fidel Castro's best friend is your dad and I'm sleeping, wait, oh no, there he is. I'm gonna go say hi right now. That was what happened to me in Prague. That's a real experience. And I lived there for days and days. And the wife of that guy who was also one of Fidel Castro's best friends came to my lecture at John Dee and Edward Kelly's tower, my lecture on the Kabbalah of the Hermetic Rosary and sat there through the whole thing even though like no one else turned up. That is sexy. Tell me that's, not like, that's a prodigy experience, right? Yeah. How old were you then? It's almost like the magic. Just a couple years ago? Two, two, how this long was, ago was it? 20, this was last year. Okay, damn. That's March. You it, are famous. It, it's almost like being who we are and practicing magic as we do and being initiated as we are has an impact on our lives in a way that sends us in these weird geometrical spirals we can't really ever expect you know what i mean i'm like it's almost like our lives are somehow connected to what we experience when we do dmt wait 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 say that again you know how your life could take a predictable course or physically right. nothing you could see how your life I mean, I bet you've had these experiences where you're like, if I go down this path or if I keep going down this path, I will keep having exactly what I can see I will have. Like you're Paul Moadib, you're seeing the future, you know what you're going to have if you go down this path, right? You, right. you the quiz outside of, of this reality, but it's only this one reality. Or you've had those moments where you're like, oh, I could just stop doing this, that, and the other thing. And next thing you know, I'm fizzled out, I'm on the street and injecting heroin into my penis right that could happen yeah i guess so <laughs> that could happen but then there's this other path you would take where you take responsibility for your life practice the technology of self transformation and become in a weird way more than human but more natural than any supernatural being you could imagine might be and becoming this spirit moving through a physical experience that is here to partake in spreading love and light to the entire universe for the glory of god amen 
Have you had that experience? Uh, that, yeah, I think I have road, actually. That crossroads? Oh, yeah. What the fuck is it? Because we are all on it all the time, right? And we're all making these decisions that impact the world in a serious way, right? Like, you want to talk about six degrees of separation, right? How the fuck was I at Fidel Castro's best friend house while lecturing on Enochian magic and Celtic mysteries at John D. and Edward Kelly's tower in Prague? How did that happen? How did that happen? That should not have happened to some kid from North Vancouver. That shouldn't have happened. That is not well, the fucking cards is what I mean. Well, brother, you're not a kid anymore. I'm not a kid anymore, but fuck it. Whoever's your life is, most people's lives I know are boring as shit. And I'm going to talk real shit now because I love you and you know me. But you give your, you talked about the sacrifice that you give in your life when you commit yourself to magic and self-transformation. I'm talking about also the wonders, the wonders that emerge from being a magical being and entering into a magical universe. Anything can happen. That's true. And, right. and, and something better happen because if something doesn't happen, you're not doing it right. I keep expecting you to say more. Oh, no, I don't. That, that's, there's, that's all you have to say. Do it right or don't do it at all. You know, early on, back, you know, the Golden Dawn, it seemed like, you know, they, they just took anybody who threw $25 at them. And um, it sucked because, you know, we get so many people who join in, you know, they'd be, take their neophyte and then, you know, they just disappear. You know, you never see them again. And uh, over here in Texas, we came up with a three-month operation. And, man, that really, really helped filter out so many dumbasses. Because if they could not do the three-month operation, they were never going to make it past neophyte anyway. Okay, and basically, it was just, basically we, we, we gave them the LBRP and we told them to keep a journal and document three months worth of doing that. And if they couldn't do it, well, they didn't get their neophyte. And I was just talking to the heads of several Golden Dawn orders, and they were all illustrating the value of the original order was that it's just five meditations with the LBRP. So Crowley thought the LBRP was the summum bonum and the quintessence, the key to the philosopher's stone, the ultimate ritual. And one of my students called me from Saskatchewan, shout out, and said, do you agree with that still? And I said, actually, you know what I just realized? That was the only ritual he learned. El Crowley in his day didn't have even the middle pillar. There, All there was was the LBRP and five meditations. So of course, that's that was his apex because that's all he had. Yeah. Did I lose the track? No, you didn't. I'm still here. Sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I got a call. It was oh. I'm just trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Cancel that noise. Exactly. Um, well, not cancel it because that's cancel culture, but I'll just tell um, them. I, I wish you and me could like uh, be side by side right now, take like a 20 minute break and, and do a, a little DMT trip each and come back and continue. That would be so choice. Yeah, well, uh, I'm microdosing on that right now. So, you're microdosing DMT while we talk. Of course. Oh. 
fuck, that's cool. You think I'm this effervescent all the time? Oh man, I still you know find any since I've been back in Vancouver. Yeah. Okay, so let me turn. Well, no, I'll find it. It's Vancouver. Vancouver, you can get whatever you. Yeah, you know. Whatever you want, any international city, you know. Yeah, when they went through all my baggage and luggage at the airport coming into Vancouver, they were like, I got flagged. I got flagged hard because I had been away for 14 months, like right next to the Emerald Triangle of Humboldt County, right? So they, they went through all my shit and the security guards going through all my bags were like pulling out water chalice, earth pentacle, air dagger. I'm like, could you leave <laughs> silk and handle them through the silk? Because I didn't want to reconsecrate. That shit's a bitch. And they're like, looking at me because they're expecting pounds of cocaine or weed or something right and i'm like, like and, and, and i'm like yeah please be careful and then they're like what's that and it's my rose cross llama and, and i'm like can i not show it to you they're like you have to show it to us i'm like well you've seen all my tarot cards my crystals my wands and and diaries can i just can i hold this and you just see it and you'll see my rose cross llama and and no one's ever seen it before who's not a fucking five six you know and, <laughs> and uh, they're like and you know both security guards they stood back at the airport these guys like these guys got hardcore guns on them right and they were like so curious about the tarot cards and all the wands and stabs and everything these security guards stood back and they put their hands up from their guns and they were like please show us and there was a sound in their voice like we actually want to know you know we're not just like, and I pull out my rose cross llama from the white silk inside sheath and the black silk outside sheath and I show them. And they're like, wow, wow. They're like, dude, who are you? And they actually said, dude, like, who are you? I'm like, well, I'm not a drug dealer. They're like, no shit. I'm like, I just want to get Timmy, or Timmy Ho-Ho's, get some Tim Hortons and drive up to the mountains in the snow for uh, to quarantine and that's it and they're like bro you're a fascinating guy how can we get in touch with you these are armed security guards there to like do anal inspections if necessary so like that was <laughs> that's that happened you know like and it's no joke right it's no joke but like we 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 get we we get misread in our work right because we are secretive and we are cautious to uh distort the light the thing i wanted to ask you that's sort of this has been floating on my mind for the last 10 15 minutes is um given what some of the things we recently just said were and i'm not going to replay them because i can't remember because i'm a little stoned and inebriated on scotch <laughs> high quality scotch you're microdosing dmt um i don't know why we're not both on rogan right now but probably because you know, it's more important but like so if you what are your okay i have two questions what are your favorite golden dawn rituals or magical rituals that you do as a practice and also follow-up question after that of all the significant people in the golden dawn or hermetic or magical world who are, and because you know so many of them and you've been blessed to get to have friendships with so many of them who are your favorites? Just the people, the ones you like the best. You talked about Tabby Cicero and Ash and Shasan, but like, just who do you like the best? Who do you think's the coolest or the grooviest? You know, you were, I was telling you that Rufus Opus is coming up next for me and uh, you like him. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I, Dude, like I said, 
So Lucas, Chasan, yeah. and Jason Miller, they are the three rock stars in this world, I think. Jason Miller, Rufus, yes. Rufus and Frater Ashen Chasan. They are the rock stars, without a doubt. You know, when, when we were doing the, the Soma, um, I guess they weren't really podcasts, but they were like webcasts. Uh, you know, those three, they always pull the biggest audience, without a doubt. And I loved listening to every word they said. That being said, I guess, the, I don't know, you know, Paul Rana, I think, unfortunately, you know, he, he is probably the hardest working occultist I know. And uh, I, I got nothing but good things to say about that dude. How can I mean, Paul Rana be a hardworking occultist with like, when he's got like that eight or 12 pack to deal with and develop? Dude, this, Paul has somehow managed to find 32 hours in a day it's crazy. not like he's the most ripped occultist there is i think oh well i don't know about that but i mean he's probably close well he'll he's got the he's got the best kicks i bet of any other occultist. Yeah, like, like i've 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 tried to take pictures of me jump kicking on a beat and let me tell you it does not look like pictures of paul rana jump kicking on a beat. <laughs> <laughs> like He's what you'd see in the magazine. I'd what you I <laughs> in in the intro to the lightsaber kid. Oh, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I've got nothing but love and respect for Paul. I mean, what he has done with the OMS is is just amazing. And uh, I know he is going to go far in his life because he's still basically a kid. How old is Paul? Oh man, he's in his early thirties. Well, aren't I guess you're 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 only in your mid forties, I guess, right? No, dude, I'm fifty years old now, so everybody's a kid to me. Well, I'm like almost fifty. You're forty. No, I'm thirty-nine. See? <laughs> Shut up. Well, yeah, <laughs> age thing is such an illusion, right? You know, um, it is. I mean, really, it's it's stupid. I mean, I see so many of my friends; they look old. You know, like people my age look old, and I'm looking at myself and I'm like, do I look like that? It's just like, fortunately, I don't. So one of the funniest things is when um, this is a this is very not this is not magical talk, but like you know that experience when you realize that the hot actresses that you thought were hot when you're little are now like 40 or 45 years old and you're like oh you still look like 16 right like you know <laughs> that's, that's actually like i love that actress and i still love her and then you're just like oh she's still bringing her 46 birth you're like what i had that realization the other night with some while watching some movie with my mom my mom says hi by the way she she actually remembers you oh I, I love your mom she's, she's, a million strokes a million diabetes cancers heart attacks you name it you know she's she's basically a, a wonderful woman you, you were truly blessed to have her in your life possessed by spirits that keep her alive at this point um in fact you should probably say hi to her hey did she hear me i don't know i don't know what she can hear hi hi how are you how are you oh man i am fabulous you sound great. Thank you. 
Thank you. I do my best. She remembered you. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm very memorable. That's why. I'm doing I'm awesome. I, life is great. I mean, I'm, I can't wait until Trump gets put back on the spot where he belongs and Joseph Biden gets sent back to the ninth level of hell. Alrighty then. We're looking forward to that. Uh, this does lead us into the final segment of our podcast where I want to get truly QAnon with you. And I say that word not lightly. I say that word with full knowledge of the fact that um, many people watching us or listening to this afterwards are going to unfollow slash cancel slash issue me death threats. But um, so people, people... A death threat? The death threat is like two words away from a love letter, bro. Oh, I should send you my my file. I should send you a file I have on my my Google Docs of all the threats I've ever gotten. It is a read. It is a read. Like like, oh my god. Like we're talking like you plastic patty faggot motherfucker if you ever play irish music again we're gonna fucking rape and murder your sister throw your mom into the street and beat her naked with a garden hose like these these threats are vicious fake facebook accounts face every kind of threat like live stream videos of beatings and assaults you've ever seen like for some reason the world is not a fan of people who are willing to die for their brother for no greater love for a man hath he than that, right? In the word, <laughs> like if you're willing to die for someone else, what greater love is there? No a greater love. If you're actually willing to die for someone else in in the heat of the moment, that's the that's the apple, that's the icing on the cake, right? Like these are spiritual truths we cling to, that we investigate through material sciences. And ethically and, and morally, we've all come to the conclusion that we need to care about each other. And yet, for some reason, we're tearing each other apart. And so more now than ever before is the truth that if you're willing to die for someone else, that's a great and mighty thing, right? Well, you know, I, I hear that from people, and it, that, that doesn't resonate with me because I'm a Pisces. I think we pretty much die for anybody. Just you know, we have like martyr complex. You guys are pussies. No, we would die for yeah, pretty much anybody. But no, as long I, as there was somebody there to record it and you know tell others about it and maybe write a song about it, then for sure we we do it. So, people dared me. People on the right and left dared me to look into the same shit. And I did look into it. So I actually am well-educated on QAnon. Uh, I even ended up telling you stuff that you didn't know, which was shocking to me since you were talking about the evils of the Queen of England back in the late 90s, long before 9-11 ever happened. But I finally watched, I've watched all the Zeitgeist stuff. I've seen all the QAnon stuff. I've seen all the Pizzagate stuff. And I don't mean just I've seen the videos. I've read the emails. I've read... I've looked into every picture, every painting, every portrait, everything that I could find for approximately 45 to 60 hours worth. And when you take the kind of rigorous academic training I've had and apply it to that kind of investigatory intellectual focus, you're not gonna, I don't think, I don't think you're gonna lose your bearing 
And I also don't think you're going to go off the rails. What you end right. up having is some serious questions and some serious concerns. Part of, like, I admit part of my concerns could be maybe in, enhanced by the mainstream media who are, who are, who are censoring, and I, by media, I mean Facebook, Instagram, everything we're doing right now, Spotify, which censors me heavily now, post-entheogens. Um, and why well, else talked about Jesus ejaculating into the mouths of his followers as a Gnostic rite, which might have happened. It might have happened. You don't know. We don't know. And maybe that was part of it. The OTO people would probably love that. I don't know. I'll ask yeah, you. I don't know. But the the... I've looked into this stuff, so we can go at it. Now, how okay. I want to start with a funny, a funny question about it. How great would it be if Donald Trump's son, Baron Trump, actually had a time machine? How great would that be for us? There's only one thing that could be greater. If CNN revealed tomorrow, CNN or MSNBC or I don't, I don't know the difference. I actually don't honestly know the difference between these things because I, I just don't know that shit. I know there's liberal media. I know there's Fox, I know there's Donald Trump, and there's everybody else. That's my Canadian sort of understanding of these things. Um, but like if, if CNNBC or MSNBC or what, who's, the, who's a really, uh, if Megan McCain, yeah, let's go. If Megan McCain on The View did a, hello, our guest today is Baron Trump, and he's got his new 10th grade science project, a time traveling machine. And he put her in it and sent her back five minutes in the future and she puffed alive and was like holy shit what the fuck it's real and she's like like i said there's only one thing that could be greater than if baron trump does have a time time machine and that's if jfk jr faked his death but he should have showed up already isn't that the story that if jfk jr faked his death he should have already appeared yeah that's what i say i mean as a Pisces, you know, what's what's the, the, the two-word phrase for Pisces? I believe. So, yeah, granted, I'll, I'll believe anything at first listen or first, you know, when I first see it, and then I'll try to prove it wrong. And I'm an Aquarius, you know? so I know, and I need to know. There you that. go. <laughs> but I also, but the, the dark side of Aquarius people don't realize often is that the I know is a reference, and Mommy Doll can back me up, is a reference to I must experience. So that's why. Oh. Yeah. When Aquarians say I know, Aquarians are like, I believe. So basically, our Pisces are I believe. And Aquarians come along and are like, I know. So really, what the Pisces are looking for is an Aquarius who's been like, I've done this, I know it. And Pisces believes it and creates the cult. And then we all get rich and sell gold and Bitcoin. Okay. Sounds good to me. Sign me up. There's more than one order doing it, right, Martin? I mean, what? <laughs> what? I didn't say anything. Chicken butt. Chicken butt. So, if Baron Trump was a time traveler, he failed because the election wasn't a landslide and everyone expected a landslide for Donald Oh, Trump. no, it was a landslide. Trump got like 80 million votes. Trump got 88 in votes. No, 88 million. No, 80 he got over 80 million votes. So, I'm going to I'm going to play the role of a Canadian who doesn't know shit about shit and is talking to someone who is pro Trump for a minute. Okay. This is my god form. This is my god form. All right. Okay. All right. So, then why isn't the media 
and the international press saying that Trump won? Because they're vested in the establishment. Okay, I may be all the things I just described myself in this God from, but I'm also wicked smart. I'm wicked smart, right? So right. Is, is there enough power within the embedded deep state government, as you might call it, to create that kind of mirage? Yeah, because they fucking, the media's on the take. They're not real media. They're so, not journalists but, in any sense of the word. That. So we all accept that the media is full of shit. Why? I hope so. I mean, if you're smart, yeah, you that's what you, you'd have to think that. I think, honestly, even everyone I've talked to in Canada since being back, and these people, are, we're all liberal as fuck, as far as I know. I mean, <laughs> most, most of the people I know in Vancouver are gay, and if they're not gay, they're liberal, and generally they're both. <laughs> usually okay hey are you it's like if you're talking to someone in vancouver it's like are you liberal they'll be like darling of course i am and you're like are you also gay they're like fuck off you know like <laughs> vancouver like did you not see my nails that's vancouver baby like everyone's very gay and very liberal and go fuck yourself if you're not but like if you're not also they could turn you so like let's go party and who doesn't love a little party with some gay guys they know how to dance they know how to dance and, you know, sure the banana hammocks come out at some point, but you just, just, you know, squint and fuzz your eyes and do a little more MDMA and you're fine. And there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this all to illustrate a point, of course, because of course. most of the world doesn't want to look at what's going on in America. No, right? no, no. Shit. Half, half of America doesn't want to know what's going on in America. Where? I'm so afraid that um, I'm not afraid that Biden will become president. I'm afraid that Biden will become president and we'll all stop talking and we'll all just take it up the ass. Well, I just, I don't know. I can't bring myself to believe that will happen, but um, I guess talk to me in January 20th and uh, we'll do another podcast then and we'll see what's up. I mean, wouldn't it be great if he brought all the troops home? That would be a big fuck you, right? Yeah, it would be awesome. I mean, well, he's trying like, to do it now. You know, he probably would have had it done already if they hadn't been lying to him. So I found out all the Canadians, since I was trapped in COVID, COVID-fornia, um, were getting two grand a month. And I should have been getting that as well. But instead, I was like eating some. Some days I would have to sit there and decide, do I eat both my tins of green beans today or do I save one for tomorrow? There was days I had to think like that in California this past year. And yeah, you better save that. Save that till tomorrow, buddy. Dude, if you think that isn't a real decision when you have two tins of green beans and you're like, do I eat them both today or I eat one tomorrow? That's a real fucking decision, right? Like it yeah. might sound like it's funny now when I'm drinking a bottle of expensive scotch. Thanks, mom. Um <laughs> What can I say? Oh, shit, man. Shit gets real. Shit always gets real on Magic Without Fears. Magic Without Fears, the podcast. The number one podcast on Spotify. Two for one sale on Adrenochrome now till midnight. Oh, man. Give me some of that. Johnny Depp did Adrenochrome. Everybody's done it. Thompson. Except me. 
No, Hunter S. Thompson did adrenochrome. Do you think Hunter S. Thompson actually drank a bottle of adrenochrome? Not a whole bottle. Do you I think mean, not, a, not, a, not in one setting? Maybe he has had a whole bottle. He's probably had several bottles, but not in one setting. Do you think Macaulay Culkin's band, where all they did was sing Radiohead songs, inserting the word pizza into them, was a warning sign? You know, I had not heard that. He did a band. It was a cover band. All they did was Radiohead, but changing the words to pizza. Tell which me words? that's not creepy. I don't know whichever words rhymed with pizza. Is there, is there video of this? This is really, really well-known public. He's been on Rogan talking about this. Damn, I gotta watch that podcast. But no, fuck Rogan. Fuck Rogan. He he's this has been like I've seen YouTube videos that trended where he's singing radio songs with a band, but inserting the word pizza, making them about pizza. Oh, dude, I'm looking that shit up right now. I mean, we got the Corey Haynes. That's crazy. We got the Corey yeah. Haynes. We got um, the 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 James James I like Elephantis. Right, which you know what that means, right? Uh, Exactly. That in France would be I, I'm I'm Canadian, so obviously I speak fluent Francais. Um, mon français, incroyable, incroyable, mes amis. So j'ai à l'enfant would be I love children in in French, but his name is James Elephantis. But dead giveaway. There's a dead giveaway. <laughs> well, it is linguistically similar, but the weirder rumor is that he's a Rothschild. Uh, I thought it was a Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. So he doesn't have a tunnel under his place, but this other place near there did have excavation to tunnels under. Here's the thing. If there's a bunch of tunnels under D.C., right? And people right. think, yo, you're child trafficking in tunnels under D.C. Imagine I'm holding in my hand in front of you two fists. And in one of them, I say, there's a magic stone and you say, show me, I'm like, no, give me a hundred dollars and I'll let you pick a fist and you can guess which stone. You're like, show me there's a magic stone first motherfucker. Right? Like show me there's a magic stone before I give you a hundred bucks to guess which hand it might be in. Okay. That sounds reasonable, but I say, no, just trust me. They're saying there's no tunnels under DC and there used to be a subway tunnel system. And when How can they say there's no tunnels under DC when Nicolas Cage obviously showed them in one of his National Treasure movies, right? I mean, I haven't seen them, but I assume. It's just, to me, it's a little strange if someone says, oh, this is not going on in this place. Like Epstein's, let's, let's get real, Epstein's temple. People are like, oh, there's human sacrifice going on there of children and people. And they're like, no, there isn't. And they're like, can we go inside and take blood sample tests from the walls and floor? And they're like, no, sorry, we have to do renovations. Yeah. Full on fire re renovations. Let's burn the place down. Okay. So when it comes to that case, like this is, this is Epstein we're talking about. This is legit stuff. And we're magicians who care about love, truth, and knowledge. Definitely. And they're saying there isn't any, just trust us. 
don't go there. I say fuck that shit. I want the I, video. If I can't get the video, then I'm on the next plane out there. Luckily, Luke Rudowski went out there, right? Who doesn't he, call he, bullshit on that stuff? Like, yeah, I mean, and that's the weirdest thing. Everybody knows that Epstein didn't kill himself. No, but no, they can't no. make the next logical leap. No, I don't, dude. Dude, any no one thinks Epstein killed himself. If nobody some, does, if there's someone no one does, he killed himself. Not not one person in the world thinks that Epstein killed himself. <laughs> if there is, like, let them take a lie detector test, and if they pass it, mandatory IQ test to understand, <laughs> they understand like reality. You know, because like the dude didn't kill himself. Like, wow. When Michael Shermer, when Michael Shermer says, "Yo, that shit's fucked up," like you know, shit's fucked up. So, like, he's a professional skeptic, right? So, right. Okay. So he has this temple, and people are like, "There's boats and boats and boats of foreign kids being transported to this temple," and then the locals all swear to it. And they've got nothing to win. If you're a local on some fucking buttfuck island in the middle of nowhere, you're not going to make any money saying, yo, that that dude was doing crazy illegal things that would warrant me being assassinated. No one's going to say that. Right. And they won't let us test or investigate the island at all. So my point is, the point is, everyone knows there's some serious fucked up shit going on that we can't talk about. I'm shadow banned and demonetized across the board. So blah, blah, blah. Who gives a fuck? And, you know, obviously you'll do anyone's podcast and you're, you're from Texas. So people can write you off right off the bat, right? You're a Texan. You've talked about drug use. This is in Portland. You know, did you see the meme of someone doing cocaine in Portland with a straw? And it says only one of these things is in, illegal in Portland. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I showed my mom that man, and she was even she was like, "Ha ha, straws!" Oh, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. All we need now is a little cocaine. Do you hear the song? You ever heard that song? It's actually one of me and uh, some. Uh, you know, it goes like this: Go. Cocaine, cocaine, ran my heart and ran my brain. Cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. You know, ran my heart and ran my. You ever heard that one? Never. But one. I did find Macaulay Culkin's cover band. It's called oh, the Pizza yeah. Underground. Pizza Underground. Pizza. Okay, it's fucking actually called Pizza Underground. What the fuck? That's. Yeah. That's even more on the nose than I thought it would be. See, I'm going all in with you here on this. Um, aliens, like like the aliens, the Nazi base at the Antarctica. Fred RC is going full in on this one because, like, I've looked into stuff. I'm not crazy, so I feel confident that I can talk to you, one of my best and oldest friends in the world, about shit that I can't talk about with anyone else, lest they might actually beat me to death in the street in the name of Black Lives Matter. Uh, about being white with dreadlocks and living in West Van in a $20 million mansion and having just beaten to death two black people before me, that's a reality. Deal with it. I'm talking to you about this stuff and I want to get into it because if we're going to go all the way, let's go all the way. Who knows? Maybe even Rufus Opus will 
manifest out of the ethers at the end to throw in his own two white supremacist sense. Who, who, who does know? I, I don't. But what I do know is, yeah, the Epstein did not kill him fucking self. That's for damn sure. And I know, um, obviously, you know, you, you mentioned QAnon earlier, and I do find oh, yeah. myself uh, following Q. I was, I was actually rather fortunate. I was on 4chan the day he made his first post. And you know what's yeah, funny? Yeah. I don't even know what 4chan is. Like, I don't know what 4chan is. What's 4chan? It's just a forum. I mean, it's, it's just a forum. It's, like a yeah, bulletin just a board? Forum. Yeah, like a bulletin board. And But it's it's kind of special in the sense that, you know, uh, you know the group Anonymous, right? The hacker group? Yeah, of course. Okay, well, they, they, they spun out of 4chan. Uh, they used to be, you know, that's where they got their start. And then, uh, you know, remember the Boston bombings, the marathon bombings? Uh, it was 4chan dudes, detectives, that they're, they're the ones who figured that out that was a false flag before anybody else. I mean, they, they say they're weaponized autistics that uh, basically hang out there. And they, they are amazing in the, what they, their research ability. And they have a... On 4chan, there's a whole bunch of different boards, but the, the best one is Pol, P-O-L. And um, that's where Q got to start. And I was there that day, and, you know, it was, just, it was just weird. And obviously, it's, what, five years ago, and it's been an amazing ride. You know, a lot of people think that Q is just about, you know, Trump and everything, but it's not. You know, Q got its start under Eisenhower. And, uh, you know, when Eisenhower made the deal with the, the Greys, the alien race, whatever, the Greys, you know, the military, I think it was the Navy that was going to handle it on the military side, but they needed a civilian side, you know, to, to deal with any type of alien matter. And so they picked the Department of Energy. And the Department of Energy has its own you know, top secret clearance, but they don't call it top secret. They call it Q. And that's where Q originally got its start. And it didn't, didn't become a, basically a, a patriot group or I don't know, whatever you want to call it, until Kennedy was assassinated. So is there and, actually a secret Q guy high up in the White House who is leaking information? Uh, there's probably several, I, I, I would think. I don't think it's any one person. Uh, I think it's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a group, and they're definitely military, obviously. And they definitely have Trump's ear, and they probably selected him, you know. There, there was not probably, there's probably not a lot of people that could have done what Trump's done. Right. Trump has done some things that no one else could do. That's for exactly. sure. Exactly. And uh, and wait, the best is yet to come. When he pulls the rabbit out of this next hat, I mean, liberals are going to flip their shit. Their heads are literally going to explode. But is JFK Jr. really going to reappear? I don't know. I, I can't go that far. I really can't, man. I mean, my heart wants wants it to be true just because, you know, I mean, I, I'm an American and we, we all love JFK. I was born loving him. I had, didn't even know who he was, but I loved him. 
So we got a question. But the funny thing that. is, the funny thing is, if I was alive then, you know, and at least, I don't know, in my late teens, I probably could have found several shit wrong with this presidency. A few, uh, a question from the live stream is, what do you all think of David Icke? Why not? Why not let a couple adepts in the Golden Dawn talk about David Icke for once? I mean, I, he's I've been fortunate to, since David I was fortunate to meet David Icke, and uh, I've corresponded with him several times since then. And, uh, you know, a lot of his research is solid. I'd give it, I'd give him about 85, 87% solid. The shape-shifting, he gets a lot of flack for that. And I'm going to say right now, I've never seen it. But what, but what about Billy Corgan? Now, Billy Corgan says he's seen it. Billy Corgan. And he's got a, he's got I, a story. I've I, never heard the story. I, I, I don't know if he's it. ever told it. I saw him tell it on Howard Stern, and it shook me to the core. He told the story? on Howard, Howard Stern doesn't give a fuck. Howard Stern asked him, and he told the whole story. He said he got up. I'm looking that up right now. He, yeah, fucking do. He he said he he said on date on Howard Stern. He actually asked the guy after the the shape shifting event, "What the fuck?" And the guy owned up to it and said, "Just don't tell anybody." And the look in Corgan's eyes and the reaction he had was, it, like, I mean, you can only. You can only fake so much, right? You can only fake so much. And some guy like fucking you're on Stern and he asks you a story. Don't you just tell him the exact story that you know as it is? You just say, this is what I experienced. If I was on Stern and Stern said, hey, tell me that story you swore you would never tell, I would be probably like, okay, here it is. Blah. And I tell it for real. However, I am. And he tells it. And I watched it and it, it, buzzed me it fucked me up in a slight way because i was like this is not a guy like i mean it's easy to think that someone is messed up on drugs or or hallucinate or having some but then he says he talked to the person afterwards about it and they explained and owned up to it oh to the shape-shifting yeah and like, hmm. like obviously, I'm never gonna believe in aliens or shapeshifters till I see them. Like when I right. see, seeing is believing. There's a reason that that expression actually is popular in that culture of conspiracy and and theory. But it's a very good point of view. It's like uh, you know, when you see it, you believe it because you should desire proof. No one should ever say to you, "Oh no, you need to believe what I say because I said it." That's insane. If I told you you needed to believe whatever the fuck I said because I said it, you'd be like, ah, shut the fuck up, Elgwin, right? You'd be like, shut the fuck up. You'd be like, come on. No, seeing is believing. You need to see things. And, yeah, so, and, and you need to see them live, not, not shit on video. Of, well, of course, especially these days. Yeah. The era of the deep fake is about to fucking be upon us. The deep fake era is a scary era. We're getting into AI. We're getting into deep fake, augmented reality, virtual reality. Like the reality that you and I know, like Samuel Scarborough just shared on the Golden Dawn Forum, an original document of the LBRP from 19, from 1894. I'm seeing it live. Amazing. But like 
in 20 to 60 years, none of this shit will matter, right? All of us right. will be like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll be like weird real people and they'll be like, yo, but they'll maybe imagine this, man. Imagine this. What if people were like, yo, I know what you're saying is for real, but is it virtual? Like, does it play out in the virtual sphere? It's real, sure, but is it virtual? <laughs> I'm just, I'm playing with thoughts right here. I'm playing with no, you. No, I, I hear you, man. 25 years. Like, maybe that's a thing. Maybe that becomes a thing. Sure, yeah, yeah, that happened. Napoleon was real, but was he virtual? Was there a narrative constructed around him so strong in the virtual sphere that it egregorically became real? What if egregores become more real than reality? Well, that's happening right now. That's that's what the whole Mandela effect is, right? isn't it? Nelson Mandela. I'm glad you brought up Nelson Mandela. <laughs> I mean, everybody, I, I don't know if it's about everybody, but I mean, if you've done any looked into the Mandela effect. I mean, you probably have a theory of it, but uh, no one seems to have my theory of it. It's, it's kind of weird, but uh, I don't know. I've, I've tried to do some independent verification of this and I obviously can't, it's hard to, but uh, my contacts seem to have led me into this belief system and uh, I'm sticking to it. And I think, you know, the Mandela effects are being caused by collapsing timelines of alternate realities they're just collapsing upon each other. You know, they say every time you make a decision, you know, in another reality, you made the other decision. I love and that so idea. That I love that idea so much more than reincarnation. Like when, when people are like, yo, I was Cleopatra. I was Moina Mathers. I'm like, motherfucker, I am Cleopatra. I am Moina Mathers. Like, fuck you. Like, like, who are you? I said this in my last podcast. I said, if you want to tell me a real past life experience that you expect me, me to be true, that I actually believe, tell me you were a monk who was so fucked up that they castrated themselves with a stone. Then I believe that was you. Tell me you were Napoleon or you were Cleopatra. Fuck off. Tell me you're like, yo, I was a monk and I like bash my balls in with a rock. That I can get behind. Hey. That sounds good to me. I mean, I've only had one, I guess, I don't know, past life regression. And uh, all I saw was uh, me carrying a big stack of books down, the stone, down some stone steps and falling to my death. Can you imagine if your past life, your true past life was like, imagine you hadn't been reincarnated in like 600 years. And your last life was like, I worked for Ramon Lil on Mallorca on this island in Spain and I was his student and about to become an adept. And then I stripped of my robes and fell down with books and my neck broke. Yeah, that's basically how it was. Maybe these books were fucking See, That's sick. past life I can get behind. You like, you were Ramon Lull's assistant meant to be his superior and his surpasser in, in the secret stream of the Rosicrucian order. And you tripped on your robes and you died. Just like that, that there was no handrail. There was no OSHA. <laughs> uh, can we take a pee break and come right back? Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Five minutes. Four minutes.
Four minutes. All right. Not go. those long Texan outdoor peas, a quick Vancouver freezing snow pea. Okay. Love you. All right. Be back. And recording. We're recording. Yeah. So I was wow, just, that was a weird two weeks. I was just talking to my I text I, I, I went pee and I texted my Dungeons and Dragons group because I got I got back in Vancouver and I got invited to join the Dungeons and Dragons group. But then the government has told us we're not allowed to see people outside of our own household. And I was like, Well, what if you have no household? What if you're homeless? And they're like, die, you fucking loser. Can't you do Dungeons and Dragons over Zoom? You could do it over many things, but like they're telling people like they're not taking cash in stores in Vancouver. So how are homeless people paying for anything if they won't take cash? They won't take cash. Stores won't take cash here. That's bullshit. It's legal tender. You can sue some people for that. Here in America, you could. Yeah. Here in Canada, it's very hard to sue America. (laughs) It's like, well, hello, yeah. Mr. President Trump. I was trying to buy a beer in Amer- in Canada, and they wouldn't let me. Can as our president, can you help me? Yeah, yeah, they probably could, but I mean, he's kind of busy right now. He's he's busy with his son's tra- time traveling machine and the reptilians. What's the chance that there's reptilians under the Antarctica? Under Antarctica. What's the chance? I'd say 80%. Nazis? Nazis? I guess if they still call themselves that, I'd probably say 90%. I mean, Nazis, don't they just... They've changed their name to Antifa, right? (laughs) No, dude, those guys, they couldn't hold water for Nazis. Yeah, no, it's all jokes here. It's all jokes here, people. We're professional comedians. We're professional comedians. Golden Dawn comedians. If there was such a thing. Crowley. So anyway, where were we? Where were we? Crowley was a Golden Dawn comedian. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) That's a good way of looking at it. I mean, I know he's got some good books out there, but man, I don't know. I just don't I, like his writing. Don't I, don't I don't dig his writing style. No, no argument here. Um, though, if you ever have any thoughts on Crowley, you're like, "Yo, here's a thought on Crowley." I'm all for debating it because, like, okay, here's a thought. Can I give you a thought? Sure, I'll take a thought. What if, if he hadn't? What if his true will was to make sure? that magic and the system that he was initiated into, which was Golden Dawn, was remembered by making such a brouhaha that people couldn't forget who he was. And like, what if his true will was to make such a mess of everything that no matter what, it wasn't forgotten and that people investigated every aspect of who he was and unearthed every good and bad thing about him so that he would become some sort of canonized doorway into things that you're not meant to know in times that you're not meant to know them but that will save you like like you get what i'm saying do you i'm talking well that that would have elevated him in my mind to a genius maybe even super genius what if if you were what if you were iwas 
what if you were Iwas and you are Crowley's true will and you're like, okay, this guy's clearly a fuck up. His parents shouldn't have told him that he was the great beast and beat the fuck out of him and raised him in a Christian fundamentalist environment, whatever. But what if you're high, you're Iwas and you're like, but what if we can get this guy to fuck so many people, fuck so many people over, create such a mess say so many brilliant things, so many interpretations of things that are brilliant and beautiful poems and, and songs and versions of rituals, at the same time causing such a distortion of those things that no one can forget him until they fully investigate everything he touched. And as a result, the whole magical world just explodes in revolution. Yeah, I, I don't really see that. I don't see more than three people doing that, but um, that would be something. Which three people? Um, no one that I know, but uh, of all the magical world, I'm sure there'd probably be three. I mean, we've already discussed this. Magic is arduous. Not everybody's cut out for it. I'm not even cut out for it. I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Why are you even here is the question of the adept. I'm pretty sure the answer is because default. What was the first time you did uh, 5-MEO DMT like? Dude, I've never done 5-MEO. Oh, shit. Oh, you've never gone straight in so far? No, dude. I hear it's like the God particle. Okay, so DMT is nothing like 5-MeO-DMT. They're not the same thing. 5-MeO-DMT is straight up the kundalini, straight up the middle pillar uh, to Ainso 4, and you're scintillating bright visualized light. Like you, you're just dead. And But DM, so what was the first time you did DMT like? Because that's like physical astral travel, eh? Uh, I wouldn't say, okay, it's like astral travel, but it's really different because... I don't know. You, you. It's more like, it's more like an ascension tool to me. It doesn't seem like astral because it's more real. It's more tangible, and it's less ethereal. And the first time it was, it was, it was probably my. The first time was not so memorable it was there's nothing spectacular about it it was just like wow interesting i've had several trips though since then that uh have been very illuminating and my favorite one of all uh i was i was with my uh my girl and uh we were going to do some dmt and you know just kind of like trip out together and um i went first and uh as I was fading into the fourth dimension or fourth density consciousness, uh, I told her that I loved her. And when I said that, there was already some entities there that were watching me. And they go, oh, you like love, huh? I was like going, sure, who doesn't? Do you want some love? And I said, yeah, give me all you got. And they said, are you sure? I said, for love, definitely. And they threw some love at me. I mean, it was so much, it was overwhelming. I immediately became a conduit. And uh, that love flowed from their dimensions into ours. 
and it was overpowering. It was such an incredible experience. I mean, I've, I've never, never uh, had anything like that before in my life. And I don't think I would ever experience that again. I would be fortunate if I did though, that's for sure. That's been my best one. I've also seen the, the Othenim, Othenim? Othenim, yeah. Yeah, I, I had an experience with uh, one of them on DMT. Of, it was really, yeah, it was amazing. That's some, that's I didn't even know. I didn't even know what it was at the time, and uh, it was like I was hanging out in the neighborhood of God, and uh, he was never there though. You know, I went a couple times. I have, I have a guide that I, I kind of talk to when I go, and. Uh, uh, I don't know, for some reason I was like going, hey, let's go to God's neighborhood. And he was like going, okay. And when we went, he was, God was there. And I was just outside the neighborhood, just kind of like gated neighborhood, you know. <clears throat> but he was there and I was like going, oh my God, you could feel his presence. And it was amazing. And I wanted to get closer to the wall, just the wall of his neighborhood. I mean, there were several houses in the neighborhood. His was like way, like in the middle, but way far away from the wall. And as I took a motion towards the wall, this being came out. And all I all it told me was, hey, God wants to chill. And, and I, it was incredible. I've never felt such awe for being before in my life. And I was looking at it and it was red and it had like seven wheels for a head and the wheels were kind of pulsating and it was incredible and I didn't know what it was at the time and then I was watching some YouTube video on angels and uh, sure enough somebody had depicted ex almost exactly what I saw except there was just two wheels and I thought oh my god that was off in him wow. son of a gun it was it was pretty incredible it's definitely something I'll never forget it's weird, isn't it, when you're doing a psychedelic experience and you encounter things that you recognize from your theoretical magical experiences, right? Oh, dude, it's 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 a great validation, I think. It is. Oh, yeah. I mean, it validates, and it it's it surprises. I mean, recently, so at Halloween, I did a twelve-hour full-on ritual, like you know, because it's been a while. I haven't done a twenty-four-hour ritual in a while, like as in. 14 no maybe 2007 13 years i haven't done a 24 like it's rare you don't do 24 hour rituals that often right but yeah, i've never done 12 one. hour well yeah in the second order in the golden dawn for us we did like these 24 hour rituals every twice a year which were stupid intense but like you know we had ramses and we had all these we had we had the resources and the people and everything was bright and fluffy and we all loved each other but like i did a 12 hour thing this last halloween from sunset to sunrise starting with a heroic dose working through the heroic dose to sobriety and to keep doing the ritual and there's there's this power to these long powerful rituals that that shakes you to your core right like any ritual right. you do, like if you do that it's just it's going to change who you are right and what i encountered was seeing 
the spirits in a way they're like they want so i'm doing the circumambulations the watchtower i'm doing all that stuff and they open you your your eyes are wide open and they're moving towards the altar the spirits are moving into the altar like they want to be there and it reminds me of what aaron leach said about like look you don't have to force them into any crystals or anything they want to go into these things they want to be there oh dude they're they're hungry for attention yeah they're hungry. That is, in, at, at the same time, the most trite and wise thing I've ever heard. Like they're hung. The spirits are hungry for attention, as much as we're all summoning and evoking them at the same time every day. Like you know, like I don't know. I mean, what the, the feelings I get from them are is like, yeah, we're here all the time. I don't know why you can't see us. He says, oh, because we're mundane, that's why. Our society sucks. Yeah, no, I encountered but, uh, that, that a lot. But thanks for, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. And, you know. Yeah, they're, they're always there. They love us to death, man. Now, I know, you know, you might do some rituals for some spirits, you know, that got better things to do. But for the most part, yeah, they're just happy to be thought of. But yeah, I ain't never done no. The longest ritual I ever did was probably the consecration of my lotus wand. That's a bitch. Yeah, that's a long ass ritual, man. Whew. And I have to reconsecrate mine because I finally just found it after uh, over a decade of it being gone. No, I guess there are other rituals like, you know, the abramelin, you know, I mean, okay, well, that's not, you know, it's not something that you do continuously, but it's, it's for a long time, obviously, but, but yeah, that lotus wand, man. I, I tell you what, I probably spent more time consecrating it than I had using it since then. Yeah, I guess, well, you know, it's good to use it. Like, I like using it. I like using it. Though I'm really looking forward to experimenting with some rainbow ones that I have and, and getting into that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think after consecrating the wand, I kind of like, okay, it's in me now. You know what I mean? It's still like, I felt like I, that it was just a part of me, so I didn't need it anymore. Well, now you're actually getting into some serious adept work, actually, brother. What you're saying right now is some hardcore adept shit. Astral reality, astral tools. Like, you can't just tell someone at the get-go before they've ever done an LBRP to use their astral tools. But if you and me talk about going into the vault or using our lotus wand or our elemental weapons, how much do you need your physical versions of those weapons to be present for you to actually use them? Zero percent. I say until you can, until you can hold them in your mind constantly, and they'll always be there. And you know when you're holding them by what color band and every, you know, until they're as real in your imagination as they would be in your hand. That's how long. See, for some people it might be a day. For others it might be three. See, I have no problem. Three years. For me like like I don't have like this is, it almost feels stupid to say this out loud but I don't have a problem when I do my inner work as we call it 
like none of the visualizations or tools or temple symbolism are problematic for me to invoke in that space, right? Like I don't have a problem being in a temple in the grandest temple of the world the second I visualize it. That's just right. a challenge for me. And it's not a challenge for you, I'm, I'm certain. Um, and so that leads me always to think, who is it a challenge for? Because I'm looking at my, these days what I'm doing is I'm, I'm online teaching through the, the, the nexus of my diaries, through the, the venue of my diaries. I'm saying, here's what I did then, here's what I know now, here's what I think you should do. And I'm sharing that with people and that's what people can pay me to learn. If they want to learn that, great. But if they're if they're within driving distance to a a solid initiatory temple or order, I say do that. You have to do that. Oh and yeah, there's, why, there's no substitute for that. I and that's well, that's that's why these orders keep writing. All the all the reputable orders keep saying, "Yo, this person has joined me. They were with you. What's up?" And I'm like, "Yo, because they should be with you because they're near you." And they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And that's the deal. That's the full deal. I'm like actually doing this out of fucking service. I'm doing what I'm doing out of service. Everyone can see that who's any of, of any high rank in the Golden Wand can see that what I'm doing is, is for the good of all. And I would love to be with an order. I would love to be with you guys in the Sadalitas or Frater Yeshi or back with Ramses or chicken and aaron leach i'd love to be with any of these groups but the second i would sign off on any of these groups and maybe you can be, be my interviewer my brother for a second my my spiritual director here maybe you can give me a, a a thoughtful care and consideration in my journey here for a second okay. i'll do my because, best because because no I, and i mean that so sincerely like i'm on a journey too right I'm not some fucking guru. No. Fuck that. I'm just a fragile, delicate snowflake of a human soul looking for love and beauty. Amen, right? Right. Well, then my advice to you, don't do magic. <laughs> As we've covered clearly early on. Like so beyond that, since clearly that that ship has sailed, right? <laughs> that ship has long sailed. Yeah. Um get a girlfriend. Don't do magic. Have some kids. Learn how to barbecue. Liquor and whores. Liquor and whores. Liquor and whores and smoke and pimps and liquor and whores. That's a Texan song. <laughs> That song's uh, pretty good. It's almost as good as that cocaine song. Cocaine, cocaine, round my heart and round my brain. Cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. Dude, I wish you, I, I, my prayer is that one day you can, and I can be in the same room together at one of my gigs. You know, that would be cool. I thought you were going to come, I guess I was pre-COVID. I, I always wanted to come to my South by Southwest, but it costs us it costs us twelve to fifteen hundred dollars per musician to come down to America. So I had offers from the uh, the Irish guys from Belfast to do new to do Las Vegas, and I could do also South by Southwest at the same time. The problem is the amount of money we would have made from six months in America versus six months in Canada or Europe is just it was too different. So like we would make a hundred thousand dollars in six months in Canada or Europe, 
but we would have only made like forty, fifty thousand dollars in six months in America. So we never went to America except for a few times secretly. Like that was a it's a financial reality as a musician, yeah. right? Because you're you're like, you know, you're changing strings every night. So like and you're pay that's a metaphor. And like you just I would have loved to come myself by Southwest. And they let me, they, they said twice I could have come to Austin, but it's just like, why would you take all the money you make from opening for the mothers of invention? And instead of putting it into a new album, blow it on going to Texas for a weekend. Well, the answer is obvious. To see because you. Because it's Texas. To see you, motherfucker. <laughs> hang out with you. Okay, can I can I ask you some questions about reptilian shapeshifters and aliens? Sure, I'll answer them to the best of my ability. All right. Okay, we're gonna go deep. We're gonna go deep. So, do you think there's actually reptilians under the planet? Under the like under the planet. The, I, I don't I know, know what that means. Okay. 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 So the whole Gaia.com channel special shit with these Atlantean races, like. Okay, am I wrong? Am I wrong when I say that there's a bunch of conspiracy theorists who've created these theologies and to create more conspiracy theories, they have to build them upon the previous theologies without vetting them, without testing them, and they just make up more shit and they build and build and build like any constructive form of theology upon a bunch of horseshit. So until you know all that you're hearing is horseshit and none of that has any validity. But the real question is, do you think there's aliens doing shit on our planet? Yes, and but and, yes and no. I think there are intelligent life forms that evolved here that are millions of years ahead of us in evolution that probably had a hand in our creation. And they live in what I would consider to be the hollow earth. Do you think the earth is hollow? I do. I think all round planets are hollow. They are hollowed out by the same process that makes them round. Wow. I mean, do you think there's beings living in a hollow earth? In this hollow earth, yes, I do. Intelligent beings. Intelligent beings. And they are native to this planet. And there are also others from other systems that uh, have taken up refuge here and or just hang out because well it's a cool place now are these shape-shifting reptilians i don't know so like we talked about shape we talked about shape-shifting earlier and like i said i just i i as a believer of most things that people would consider fucking crazy batshit crazy i i just so far i'm not there yet I want to give a friend a shout out to my. I friend. mean, I, I I'd be more willing to believe it was nanotechnology and some kind of like AI, like in the Terminator movie, you know, that the one, the metal one, where you could just become anything you wanted. I'd be more willing to believe that I think than I could actually believe, you know, that your body could actually shape shift like that. It's a, it's a plethora, a surplus of questions going through. And I just think that that's just a natural thing, just, just biology. I mean, your bones aren't made to do that. I mean, at least human bones aren't. I don't know. Maybe these aliens are made up of something that, that I, we just don't know about, and, and they can handle that. 
Maybe is their cartilage is all soft. Is the Queen of England an alien? I wouldn't say she's an alien, but she is manipulated by them. Does she have too much adrenochrome? Probably. Dude, I want some adrenochrome. I mean, I'm selling it two for one on this podcast, but I still can't get any myself. Yeah, that's weird. But uh, yeah, I placed my order during the break. <laughs> you placed your order. No. The Incans were doing it, right? Drinking yes. blood? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's why they were doing it, but I mean, it stands to reason. I mean, I know of, of all the cultures in our modern what we would term civilization, uh, only the Mayans have ascended and are still here. They, there's a subculture or breakaway culture of minds that, that supposedly live in the Middle Earth. But they were mathematical geniuses, so there's no... Oh, yeah. I love I mean, how we like to look at ancient cultures and be like, yo, they were dumb as shit. They didn't know anything. And they were like... I mean, these, well, the these shit guys... They didn't even have the wheel, but their math was so precise. I mean, they could figure out almost anything else. But they didn't, yeah, didn't have the they wheel. Were dumb as shit. How did they know all this stuff that we're still just figuring out? Uh, I, yeah. don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. It's okay. So, adrenochrome. It's Jump not just for here. breakfast anymore. It's not adrenochrome. It's not just for breakfast anymore. Joan Rivers, do you know what I'm about to say next? Uh, you're about to say that, so I guess, something about the Obamas? Does Is Michelle Obama a man who has a penis? Well, isn't that what defines a man? Does Michelle Obama have a penis, in your opinion? You know, I don't know. The videos seem to indicate that. I've seen some pictures of a man hanging out with Obama during his college days that probably could be Michelle. I don't, you know, I, I, I really don't know. But if I had to bet one way or the other, I'd say penis. It's sad. Isn't it sad to think that if that was true, like, why couldn't she just come out and say so? Because they wouldn't have gotten elected, right? Of course. Right. That, America like, wasn't ready for that. Yeah, no. But, like, Bohemian Grove, what's going on there? Are they just a bunch of rich, powerful people having a good time, or are they trying to destroy human life as we know it? Uh, probably six of one, half a dozen of the other. <laughs> now you're talking some Belfast talk. Like, I know what you're saying, but I'm wondering if I should bomb your car. <laughs> yeah i mean fun here but i'm, I, I'm sure i'm sure they're just having fun now somewhere along the way they probably got into a little bit of epstein like activities there <clears throat> yeah it's all fun and games until you rape a few children right yeah that's the dark that's the dark side of it right because if you were a billionaire and i was a billionaire we'd want to have some fun but like how much fun is okay until it's like, oh, these people should be dealt with. And you know, <clears throat> I got you know, people with, people yeah. always say, well, it's like, well, why would they do that? You know, you have all that money, you don't have to do that. I mean, and it's it's not like they they went there thinking, oh man, today I'm gonna have sex with kids. 
think it's about time, you know, what else am I going to do with my billions? No, I mean, they get there and they, they're basically forced to do it. It's like, all right, you got enough money to be in the club. But if you really want to be in the club, here's what you got to do. Like, and if you don't do it, you're not going to have the money that you have, nor the notoriety. You're going to go back to being living in a, in a garage. And uh, that's just the way it is. If there are some alien underlords beneath the earth, that we're feeding children and, and victims to, we're not going to know until it's too late, right? If they like all emerge and start eating us all alive. No, that's what disclosure is all about. I not mean, that's, I think, I think that's, that's really at the root of what Q is. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. Say more. Say more. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, yeah. I already said, you know, but what is Q came, came about when 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 we first made first contact, basically, and they were the Department of Energy people who had top secret clearance, whose assignment was anything to do with aliens and the civilians. The first contact was made with the Greys, and I think it wasn't long before the Orion reptilians basically put themselves in the place of the greys made the contract or the peace treaty that the eisenhower signed with the greys made it apply to them even though you know we hadn't done any real deal with them and uh they used that as the, the getting their foot in the doorway but they had been around for a long time they are, I believe, the malevolent force in humanity's history. How do you see this playing out in the future from now onward, from now with what's going on right now? Well, now... Because as of 30 minutes ago, Canada has put in new lockdown orders preventing us from seeing anyone for two weeks. There's no practical value to that. A lot of people will lose their jobs. A lot of people who are homeless... Uh, a lot of people, Vancouver stores aren't taking cash. So homeless people who are begging for cash, dead in the street. Like the amount of people who are about to be dead in Vancouver and thrown under a bridge is shocking. And you'll never hear about it. But they're putting in these laws. And, and as someone trained in the systems of this city, you, during grad school and, and seminary, I know the systems. And I know if you pressure these systems in certain ways, people die. And they are not only pressuring these systems, but they are destroying them, which means many, many people are going to die over the next two to four weeks in Vancouver dead. There's going to be a ton of deaths from people who can't spend cash that they've begged on the streets and they can't find a place to live. I'm technically homeless. Like, I don't know that I can, sp I, I can only, I spend one night at this sofa, one night at this sofa, one night at this sofa. Sometimes I get to see my mom, like tonight. God bless America, because I get to see my mom tonight. I don't know why I said America. Ignore that. I'm drinking Scotch. Because everybody knows God won't bless Canada. America, fuck yeah. That's right. No other country has that song, do they? No. Y'all have the metric system. Y'all think y'all are so fucking cool with the metric system. Have you been to the moon? Fuck you no. Know. 
I'm playing air bass. You don't know, but I am. I wish you could see me. <laughs> I want South by Southwest to come back. I'm going to move to Austin. I'm going to live in America again because Canada sucks balls. But I, For six months? You know, I would really love it if Canada would uh, would give me the two grand a month that they're giving everyone else in Canada. Well, hell yeah, I bet you do. You know what they told me last week? Fuck off. No, actually, they said you're qualified back till March. We could send you 18 grand if you fill out these forms. Well, get to filling. But here's the question. Can I fill out those forms, collect 18 grand from the Canadian government? I said America, but I meant Canadian. And just move to Austin and, like, we could buy a, a farm and I'll massage your back and you can, like, teach me the ways of Magi. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All I'm right. done with that. All right. Can you buy right. anything with with like twenty grand in in uh, Texas in Austin? Like, is that's that a good down payment? That's a ten percent down, right? I'll buy. Oh, you an old desecrated church that a bunch of Wiccans like menstrual blooded on, and I can like join. I can buy that church. No, dude, there ain't no Wiccans around here. I'm messing. I'm not joking. I'm joking about the Wiccans. Okay. I, I love everybody. I'm no, there's a lot of there's a lot of old churches. Yeah, hell yeah, you can buy one of those. I'm doing that thing that that uh, that uh, that guy on internet said where you should speak in totalities to get more listens and more views, but none of it. Oh, is that is that what yeah. you're doing? So all magicians are shit except for people who do golden dawn magic. No, not at all. See now you sound interested and engaged in the conversation, and that's because. <laughs> of egging you on by saying all instead of well a few in a mathematical note see he's right that well who is that who said that it was someone i saw it was some black podcaster well he was right then because man those were those were almost fighting words it wasn't charlemagne the god oh it was baba hotep no not baba hotep hotep be jesus hotep oh yeah that's just pretty cool man jesus be hotep said don't say things qualified. He said, say things total. And he was like, say like, all Wiccans be Scott Cunningham bitches or they're all fucking shit, Wigga. And you're <laughs> like, yo, shizzle my nizzle. And he's like, cast the magic circle and cast your salts or you'll be nothing. And you're like, yo. And that was the jit. And now the, now the gypsies are coming along and canceling my friends. The gypsies are canceling my friends saying, the tarot is racist against gypsies. And I say, that sounds like a gyp. It is a gyp. Am I getting canceled? Am I getting canceled yet? I don't know. Dude, I, I would take that as a badge of honor. Cancel me. Cancel me. Fucking a badge ass. of freaking honor. Shout out to Sabrina Scott and Celeste Mott for being two white ass witches. I mean, witches. Did I say witches? I meant bitch. You I said mean, witches. Did I meant bitches? I don't know if I meant witches or bitches. Hey, once in New Orleans, if you move to Austin, we can no go hang kidding. out with them. They're both so bitching, I don't know. And so to all the white ancient priestesses of the magical traditions in North America, to all you white witches and bitches out there, I say rock those tarot cards. And any Romany cunt that tells you what to do, say, no, nah, wigga, fuck y'all bitches. I'm going to keep doing the tarot 
whether you tell me it's racial appropriation or not, because the first tarot deck was the Visconti Sforza in 1460 something, and it had as its three trumps different to the major trumps we know today, faith, hope, and charity as major arcana tarot trumps of the magic tarot. And no one can tell me that faith, hope, and charity is a pagan appropriation from gypsy culture because it is catholic as shit anytime you say the words faith hope and charity you think wedding am i wrong or or strip club or strip club austin texas in the house boy i tell you what boy i tell you what <laughs> i'll take faith and hope you can have charity we we got a comment from new orleans that says cancel me daddy <laughs> is this live <laughs> uh elements of it are i'm uh nice I'm a, i like that i I've like become, that i've become a chaos magician in my old age i like well well you know what i've always said you can't be a chaos magician unless you re really know the basics i'm all about the you gotta know magic. you gotta know the rules before you break them oh, i just wish i had some dmt here right now like you do you're microdosing DMT. I'm microdosing nicotine. And, uh, you know, uh, the response is tarot is Catholic and Jewish AF. Now, AF, for any of you <laughs> young people who don't know what AF means, as it means officially final. AF means officially final. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm an old fart, and I, even I know what AF means. <laughs> How many adopted kids do you have? Jesus. Uh, they're not adopted. They're my stepkids. Even better. You don't owe the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I give, I give all I can. I love, I love those kids, man. Like, Daddy, do you love me? I do love you. Then why don't you adopt me? Because that way, you know my love is true. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? Could I get the sneakers if you were my real dad? You could, but then I wouldn't have to see you. I'd just have to send you money, bitch. <laughs> I don't know. You're such an amazing human being and such a guy I've, I've admired and loved and looked up to since literally the mid-90s, which is weird because I'm a teenager then and I'm an adult now. And, and I tell you what, you definitely need some more Melrose models in your life. I definitely do. I mean, I mean, for some reason, Robert Zink just didn't like fucking do it. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I had many male role models in my life, uh, despite not growing up without a father. I had Bjorn, I had Marcel, I had Robert Zink, I had Ramses, and Ramses was, of course, the, the finest and foremost of them all. Ramses changed my life in a way that shakes me to my core if i say well, that you know has he it, had that effect on a lot of people and he he is a fine specimen yeah like i don't like sometimes i'm not sure if i'm downplaying or overplaying ramses in my life but he's the great unknown magician that no one knows about and it's like people whenever people talk about how can i get into the golden dawn or magic or learn spirituality in general part of me only wants to say Work your ass off till you can work with Ramses. If you ever have the luck of spending the hours I've spent with that human being, you are the luckiest human being in the world. 
and it's well, you know that, that drive and that fire that Ramsey's has. That's Paul Rana right there. Well, I'm glad because Paul Rana is also a specimen. Like, Fuck yeah, like, like we were saying, like he jump kicks in real life the way I jump kick in my fantasies where I'm a ninja. <laughs> so I wake up from these dreams where I'm a ninja and I'm jump kicking, and then I look at his Instagram. I'm like, that's it. That's exactly. <laughs> what I, did. I just did that, except I did it better than him because it was in my dreams over a building. And he's just doing it in real life in front of his hot wife or girlfriend. So what's he got on me? But no, he's, and he, what is he running? What is Paul Rana running? What is he doing right now in his life that people could be involved in? If there's something you can tell me, tell people about that. Cause it, despite it, it's fucking stupid, but thousands of people are actually listening, going to listen to this. Well, I tell you what, uh, he's actually running what I consider to be the best Martinist order. Uh, so far to manifest on this wonderful planet called Earth. Uh, that is uh, Order Martinus Silveron. Uh, if you want more information about it, you can go to martinism.net. Martinism.net. Yes. And we even, have a, we even have a book available on Amazon. And it's was he GD trained? Shit, are you there? Three three month operation for the OMS. Oh, I just uh, with you for like almost two minutes. I I said, was he GD trained, and you vanished for like a minute. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely GD trained. So he's GD trained, which is yes. It's like the PhD in magic, and yes, and and know, and, and one of the best. One of the best GD orders that I've ever come across as well. So uh, that's saying that's, quite a bit, I think. That's Sedalitas? That is Sedalitas. I hey, mean, I'll, can we I'll, actually, like, now I'm putting aside my own desire to talk about Pizzagate and the reptilians and child abduction and Donald Trump and time traveling. I'd love, I mean, like, let's be clear, folks. I love the fact that Donald Trump's, Trump's son is a time traveler. I love it. But moving on, moving on from Epstein and Pizzagate and Donald Trump. Paul Rana is a guy who's a magician trained in the Golden Dawn, and that Golden Dawn order that trained him is referred to by a different... Okay, this is the only Golden Dawn order that is referred to by a different Golden Dawn order as the best Golden Dawn order. And if you know anything about the Golden Dawn, it's pretty weird for one order to say, yo, that order over there is the best one. Tell me I'm crazy. Did I lose you again? I lost you again for a second. Lost me? Hello? Yeah, so okay, I just got you back. You were you were gone. Okay, you suspected. It's probably because we've gone over, we've gone so, so long. Um, so so the Sodalitas Rosea Crucis is a Golden Dawn order that is referred to by a different Golden Dawn order, Samuel Robinson's, as the best Golden Dawn order. It is very strange for one Golden Order Golden Dawn order to say that another GD order is the best one. Generally, that's not what? something you see in the magical world. Someone saying, hey, yeah, we're pretty good, but that guy over there is better. But that's the case. The Sodalitas Rosea Crucis is by 
one of the top Golden Dawn Orders, referred to as the best Golden Dawn Order. And they trained Paul Rana. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I would agree with probably a lot of those statements. I've been in, I've been in all the major Golden Dawn Orders. Uh, I, I, I love everyone I've ever met there, without a doubt, in all the orders. Uh, you know, I've, I know people, shoot, we have people here in our very group that, you know, that almost went the whole route with me, except uh, I was one of the only ones to go through the Cicero order. But, uh, but the Sodalitas is, is special because they have a, what I consider to be a true college. They have basically different pathways when you become an adept that you can study, refine, uh, advanced knowledge in. I mean, they have a wealth of knowledge that they're sitting on that has never been translated into English. And uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I feel so fortunate to, to have been invited into that group and to basically be able to work with the people there. As a matter of fact, the OMS was kind of a spinoff first of uh, Sodalitas, you know, because uh, Martinism is is one of the paths that you can go in once you uh, get your five, six there. So what is the curriculum like for the Golden Dawn through this? Uh, Sodalitas is very progressive. I mean, it's a progressive order. They're one of the, they're one, one of the orders that have taken all the published material and moved it out into the outer order. Yeah, so we they're, do, not, they're not. We do teach magic in the outer. They're not going Sam Scarver on that shit. Right. Which, it's not a traditional Golden Dawn order. Well, I would call it traditional. I just wouldn't call it dogmatic. Okay. I considered us in Homsey and, and Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn International to be traditional, especially in the sense that we didn't do Stella Macetina work. We, we considered five equals six to be the highest grade and everyone right. was equal at that grade. Like we're all equal brothers and sisters at, at adepthood. Um, it's more Stella Matutina thing to say that there's six equals five and seven equals four, maybe even beyond. And so- Yeah, but I think, I think that was pretty much, you know, a process of, well, they just didn't have any inner order material really, except you know, the stuff that they fleshed out themselves. Well, let me tell you, brother, I wouldn't trade my left arm for the stuff that they fleshed out themselves. Like, Ramses is the man, dude. And, uh... But any good order does its work. And, I, and, any and, good and like order I said, I have, I have nothing bad good... to say about Ramses. I never will have anything bad to say about him. But when you have hundreds of years of other orders work to build upon that's standing on the shoulders of giants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like any I mean, order worth it. Sweden, Sweden was one of the only countries that, that, that wasn't really destroyed by World War II. Well, that's like Franz Barden stuff. And so, you know, the wealth of knowledge that was in that country, and then that's basically, you know, where the mother temple is so so 
do you know what the if someone was to to hear this disjointed talk about which golden dawn order to join because i recommend you on my website Hermetic. i would say join the golden dawn order that is closest to you as every wise motherfucker says thank you for saying that that's a, a wise thing to say now if they join the sodalitas what would they expect throughout the grades because there is a correspondence system right they can learn the material then fly to the initiations right yes there is and we do have jurisdictions here and uh there are circles across north america and where uh temples active where are you guys most active in texas and in europe um northern europe northern europe yes that code for like finland or what are we talking no 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 those scandinavian countries yeah i would say yes. yeah yeah, you're being veiled, and I understand that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, th so, we have a website. You can go to the website, and you can probably find out more information than I'm willing to let go of. Your, your website's on my website, so you're good. You're there good. you go. I, I promote you guys as much as I can, because not only you guys are actually the only Golden Dawn Order that who, whose inner order allows for admissions of adepti from other orders. Training. We do, because like and, I said, it, it is a true college. It's a true college, and who knows, I might end up in it one day. I, I keep turning down orders because I just don't want to be limited to my in my ability to recommend people to find their path, you know? Yes, So I do. Yeah, I, I want to be of service. And if my service means not being able to be a part of any order that would fill my life with joy, so be it. Like, so fucking be it. Like, that might be the case. Maybe my job is just to send people, uh, you know, not re I'm, I, there's, there's certain elements on my astrological chart that myself and reputable chaos magicians, friends of Jason Louv and others have interpreted as being like, oh, yo, eloquent, you're like Moses. You're meant to show the way to the Holy Lands, but you don't get to enjoy it, bitch. You, yeah, you know what? Enjoy it. Since, since you just said your name there, how do you pronounce your last name? <coughs> Omwelon. What? Omwelon. Omwelon. Okay, got it. Omwelon. Elegant Omwelon. All right. Say it right, motherfuckers. Omwelon. Omwelon. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll get changed in the next uh, year or so when I go into, uh, you know, witness protection in Canada. <laughs> Hey, at $2,000 a month, might as well. Dude, you don't even know. Like, I love wearing masks in the street. It leaves less chance for people to recognize me and beat me to death. Exactly, right? I mean, come on. Who doesn't love wearing masks? Martinists are all about that. I didn't know. What's up with David Griffin and the, the KKK hoodies on his gold block members? Uh, I have no idea about that. I've not seen that. No one gets it, right? No one gets it. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is that on his website? Yeah, it's on YouTube. On YouTube? Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. 
I do not know. Someone who joined his order by accident really recently showed me a live stream in the last year of him talking and all he was talking about was the dangers. <laughs> How of do you join an order by accident? I recommended her to join uh, Cicero's and she accidentally joined Griffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oops. And I'm like, you deserve it. <laughs> and then she's like, check out this live stream he posted privately the other day. And he's like, Chinaman, 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 them Russians, them Chinaman. And I'm like, that sounds like an Allen Ginsberg poem. <laughs> and it is an Allen Ginsberg poem. It's called America by Allen Ginsberg. <laughs> them Chinamen, them Chinamen, them Russians, and them Chinamen. They want to take our cars from out our garages. <laughs> and then she joined uh, Ramsey's because I said, like, like, get your shit together, girl. You're in California. <laughs> Sign up with Ramsey's and Daniel. You're going to do fine. Because, like, seriously... Like if you could spend, if there there if you could spend five to ten years working with a magician, you could do a lot worse than fucking Ramses, right? Oh God, yes. I mean, if you if he gives you even an hour out of the day every six months, you're fucking blessed. I agree. Has it's he been just, on your podcast? What? Has he been on your podcast? No, he hasn't been on anyone's podcast. He told Edward he would be on Esoteriner podcast at a certain point, but you know, Edward just did his episode after uh, episode after two years of silence. So who knows? But like, Ramses is, you know, he's he's a he doesn't need it. He's the only person in the world since two thousand, the year two thousand, when I was initiated five six who I felt like I'm in communication with on a mental astral level. And yeah, well, I, I mean, believe, I, I we don't do I, podcasts because we need it. We do podcasts because there's someone out there who might be listening, who might need it. Oh yeah. We might, we might get drunk on scotch and smoke a split, but we're doing this for other people. And it's a lot like playing music actually on stage. If you go up on stage as a musician and you don't slit your wrists and bleed out live in real time, you're wasting the audience's dollars. Indeed. Bleed out, die empty, leave it all on the stage. Exactly. It's the same for in the temple as in the theater. I believe that. I really do. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that goes for anything you do in life. Whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't, you don't want to be on your deathbed going, man, you know, I should have tried just a little bit harder. That's the story we all hear, right? That's the story. Screw that, man. I'm all in all the time, no matter what I do. I love it. I love it. So people can join the Sedalitas Rosea Crucis online. I link to it in my mm. website, hermeticmysteryschool.com. I don't know if you can join online. Well, you can you get can an application. application. right? Yeah, you can get an application yeah. online. Whether you want to join them or you want to join Fellowship of the Golden Dawn with Ramses or you want to join Chick Cicero or uh, Frater Yeshi, he's a great guy. Their order is solid. And there's a bunch of other orders too that I just don't know personally. Like there's all these opportunities now because it all comes down to you 
in your fucking magical diaries. Like if you're and not, you know, virtual work, the re- your magical another reason diary. why I say join the order that's closest to you Duh. is because that order will not be probably in all likelihood the last order you ever join. Sure. It's the, it's the order that opens the door to other orders that opens the door to that author that you've always read and, and you always wanted to meet. And now, now that you're doing magic, you get a chance to meet him. And then he turns you on to another group and that group turns you on to another group. And then you'll find eventually the place where you belong. Maybe it's creating your own order, but you'll never know until you do it. And like I said, I don't recommend you do it at all. But if you do, yeah. go balls out, dude. Balls out. It's either balls out or nothing. Like, yeah, we started this podcast expressing why you should not get into magic and you shouldn't. Like anything, you should not get into it unless you're really called to get into it. And unless you have no other choice as other thing than to... now Frater Yeshi, one of you know Frater Yeshi, they were actually they actually did for some of their adepts, the six equals five and seven equals four Stella Massatina initiations, right? And I was right. talking with one of them who went through that. And, you know, Yeshi never went through any of the initiations at all, which is was a problem in their order, but let's not talk about that. I didn't actually just say that right now. Let's delete that. Okay, deleted. Two for one sale on Adrenochrome. Buy now. Just go to Weinstein. Einstein. Adrenochrome. Fucking drunk. I should stop talking. No. So so the point is what one of Yeshi's, Frater Yeshi's seven equals four was saying was that um the the work of this the five the six equals five and seven equals four grades is once you've completed the subgrades of five equals six, you are then tasked with recreating your own system in your own way. This is very Crowleyan in a sense, and then going through the, your own system in that separate modality, and achieving the same heights you achieved in the Golden Dawn and R at AC, but through your own system, which is what I'm doing with the Celtic Mysteries. But it's like you need to do that. You at some point the adept needs to make their own system if you get to those lofty heights of Gibra and Chesed. Yeah, I would agree with that. That makes sense that it's actually one of the, the mark earmarks of the inner order tradition. Even though, I mean, uh, I guess, I know, okay, yeah, definitely, I agree. But, I mean, I don't know, it just seems like esoteric orders are in vogue these days. We're majorly in vogue. For the first time in our lives, the thing that we... Uh, made sure we were quiet at family gatherings for fear of being eschewed is in vogue. What do we do with that? Uh, don't talk about it. That's for damn sure. Don't last talk. Thing, that last thing we want is to, this to is lure, lure, lure young, feeble minds into this. Next thing you know, they'll be invoking spirits and running around the house naked. That's why I told you that this interview will be heavily edited and none of it will be live, right? That's what I told you. I, we signed a contract at the beginning of this interview saying none of it will be live and it will be heavily edited. Exactly. Exactly. You signed that document, didn't you? Your wife signed off, your kids, the governor of California signed off. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh Jesus, man. Oh fuck. Can we can we I love that we got into so much magical stuff. If you had to pick three rituals of the golden dawn that you could do for the rest of your life and only those three, what would they be? Well, obviously the LBRP. Okay. The bornless ritual, which is one of my favorite rituals. Right. And I see. I'm going to go with. Even as I was discouraging a student yesterday from learning it. And I'm going to go with the neophyte ceremony. Oh, see, that's something no one's ever said to me. I've asked this question before, but no one's ever said it to me. And I wonder, and and that's 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 be so highly to the power of our initiatory system. Like, so when you think about the fact that people are like, oh, golden dawn rituals, blah blah blah, but then you think. Wait, don't these rituals only make sense in the context of the of the initiatory system? And of course they do. I mean, that's what the Z documents are all about. Right, right. That's what they're all about. So yeah, those three. I think I, I, I think if you got those three rituals down, you got the golden dawn down. LBRP. You really, bitch, how do we always come back to you? Really, just the pentagram ritual in general, but you know, the LBRP is that's that's where you cut your teeth. Crowley said it was the key to the quintessence, but I theorize that's because that's the only ritual he ever learned at the goal. <laughs> there was no middle pillar when he learned <laughs> the rituals. And all he learned was the LVRP, and he was thrown out before he was actually trained in 5-6. So he never even learned how to test spirits and pathworking. Nope, because that was in the he flying rolls. That. He never read a single flying roll. He never learned anything that the Golden Dawn magicians ever did. He basically, Crowley flunked out so fast and so hard, he never actually learned a single thing that was actually important within the Golden Dawn framework. Not one fucking thing, as far as we know. Yeah, and I mean, that's pretty well documented because he documented it himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not some dude here making this shit up. This is documented. We can prove this. So he went on to do what he did and maybe and as as we earlier in this podcast think all that he did and he did it all off the lbrp that's impressive that is actually impressive yeah, when he, you think of it that way like he was like yo magic's gonna be forgotten unless i add a k like michael jackson <laughs> like he was like i know how to switch flip this switch and flip this shit so that it's relevant forever i'm gonna make some dudes who are on board. I'm going to make, he was like a thousand years in the future. I'm going to make Ozzy Osbourne and Jimmy Page and David Bowie talk about me. And I don't even know who they are. Damn right. Crowley did that. Crowley did achieve that. Hey, and one more prop for the LBRP. Funny thing, it's mentioned in the lessons on the law of one. Which is, you know, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's, some channeled works from the 70s and they actually mentioned the lbrp in it i can't couldn't believe it when i saw it really oh yeah i mean I, i'm not 
not that big on channeled works, but uh, that law of one stuff, it really resonates with me. Huh. If you haven't, if you haven't checked it out, I would recommend it. From what I understand, it is recommended reading for everyone in the secret space program. What is? The law of one. It's recommended reading for those who join or are drafted into the secret space program. Do you think there's Martians fighting us on Mars right now? Um, maybe not in a conventional way, probably like an information war. Yeah, probably. What is your, what's your take on DMT? Uh, don't do it until you're an adult. Yeah. You want, no, your, brain, you want your brain to be formed, basically. As, as a magician, as an adept, what's your oh, take on DMT? Magicians should never do drugs. But normal people should do many drugs. You got to say more on that, brother. Well, I mean, it's just life is to be experienced. And I mean, as long as you don't develop a problem or a habit, I mean, you should give it a try. Some drugs really open you up and make you more perceptive to more of reality. Yeah. Have you encountered the same being twice? Oh, several times. What was that like? Uh, it's comforting, actually. Yeah. You know, it's comfort. I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten names and I can, when I go there, if, 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 it's kind of weird because sometimes, you know, you, you're so fucked up, you don't remember to do certain things. But other times, you know, when you got just the right amount and, you, you know, you know, you, it's just like basically going astral and, you know, you have your, your wits about you and, you know, you call on your friends, you know, they, they'll, they'll be there. I mean, when you see entities, you talk yeah. to them, ask them, ask them what their name is. So many people don't ever do that. I don't understand that. I mean, that's one thing I learned in doing, going, doing astral work. You're you know what I mean? Trained. When you meet somebody... You ask them what their ask name is. Their name. Ask them their name. What can they do? What do they want to do? What are they about? Esoteric underscore Druid on Instagram says, just mean, I always think I'm over fears until I tap into the unconscious and I'm always humbled. Yeah, that's profound because it's true. That's the truth. Uh, it's why you, I, I really believe we got to approach psychedelics and magic with fear and trembling, like Kierkegaard said, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know a lot of people use them hand in hand, but like I said, I mean, I you feel gotta, you got to get, get good at one. Get, get, get good at one of those things before you really start getting good at the other. That's for sure. And it doesn't matter which one you do first, but like I said, get good at one before you get good at the other. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I really think there's 
such a bright future ahead of us for magicians exploring the inter the uh, the the interactive state between ritual work and psychedelics that has not even begun to be tapped into in the way that we are now trained to tap into it. I really hope that we have a chance to explore that fully. I mean, I think I'm I'm positive we will because that's that's the that's that is the next frontier. Well, it means like, you know, it means us actually being allowed to travel and like with these new laws that just kicked into where I live in Canada at midnight tonight, these new laws prevent us from seeing any other human beings. So my interpretation of that is they want homeless people to die right away. They want most of us to die. They just want us all dead. They would like us all to just kill ourselves or be killed by the circumstances they forced us into. And they're really hoping we don't realize that we can pull a French Revolution or Russian Revolution shit on their asses because telling us we're not allowed to live, work, and survive is so insane. I don't even know how to express it. And I know hey, I'm, I'm talking hey, about that's socialism. That's socialism. It's socialism. Like Canada, we're so full socialist. As soon as I came back to Canada two months ago, they fingerprinted me, they voice ID'd me, they video interviewed me, they got me down. Every single store I go to in Vancouver, I have to give them my full name and my phone number. Every single store I go into. What? And now, and now, if you're caught without a mask alone in a dark street, they will arrest you as of midnight tonight. Yeah, it's a brave new world, ain't it? Just wish I had some ecstasy. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Hey, man. we gotta we gotta do this again, man. We do have to do this again. We've probably been going for fucking forever. Yeah, it seems like it. You know what's sad is like I literally have as a surprise guest Joshua Gadbois sitting here on Facebook ready trying to sign in, but he can't figure out fucking Oh man. That would be so cool. In, and it was gonna be like Rufus Opus jumps in and it's like welcome to the Magic Without Fears podcast with co-host Jeffrey Lee Contreras. And he was gonna be like, wait, what now? And he can't figure out how to get in. And he, oh. he, was, he was pushing me to join by 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 midnight my time, and now it's one fourteen my time, and so he almost made it on, but his wife probably had to aspect a goddess, and you know when it is when when you're if your wife says baby, I need to aspect a goddess right now, get into bed, game over, right? Yep, exactly. So we have more viewers than now on Instagram than ever throughout the night. They're, they're definitely dropping off and they're not as numerous as you think, but they do say things like, Hey ho and amen brother. And so if you have any wise words of wisdom or uh, uh, voter ballots to drop off at their houses for their dead relatives or their pets, this is the time to like, let them know how they can apply for, last minute voting for their dead pets because as we all know dead pets count too they're people too they are and to, but no i, I don't wanna, you know why because i want to end this podcast because this is not this is not goodbye this is not the end this is merely the beginning i'm going to be one of your 
guest that comes back so often, you're going to be like, going, Dan, does he host the show now or what? I do want to end this on a Republican note for your sake, because I love you and I, I value your opinions and perspectives, despite being, uh, oh, I, I don't even know what I am anymore. It's so fucked up. But like, up until last week, they were still trying to get me to vote for the American election. And I said, I'm a Canadian. And they said, it doesn't matter. We'll send you a vote. Give us an address. And this is a fact. It's on record. I'm live. I'm live as fuck can be right now. This happened. I have proof of it. No one cares. No one cares that they said, we know you're a Canadian. We know you were in California. We still want you to vote. It will still count. What? The fuck humanity? What the fuck humanity? Get yeah, your shit together. This is bullshit. That's bullshit. And I have it. It's provable and no one cares. And actually, if I probably posted it, I'd probably be just banned across the board or shadow banned, right? So it's like you're doing fucked up shit. Like, let's stop doing fucked up shit. Like, I don't know if I have to go to war or put on a flak jacket or learn how to shoot or what. But this shit can't continue the way it's continuing because it's insane and it's bullshit. And I just want to say that I'm not a Republican. I don't agree with pussy grabber Trump. I do hope to God for the love of all that's holy that his son is a time traveler. I hope that. I hope that Baron Trump is a time traveler. I think that would be the most beautiful thing since sliced bread. And that's agreed. I'm out. I mean, we, we could all use a little more time travel in our lives. That's so beautiful. That's such a beautiful thought. We could all use more time traveling in our lives. Like, you got to admit, it's weird that it's Trump's grandfather that that took all of Nissa, uh, Nikola Tesla's writings out of his apartment while he worked for the CIA and hid them. That's fact. Right? Oh, they deleted that. They totally cut us off there. Right? Are you back? Maybe you're not back. Maybe you're still gone. Who knows? We're just trying to get stuff. We're just trying to figure it out. We're just people in rooms trying to figure it out. And you're trying to figure it out. And we're all trying to figure it out. Right? We don't know. We don't know. No one knows. And it's so scary. But I love you. And you love me. We all love each other. So let's Hogwarts that. Let's, let's, let's do some magic. This is a good time for magic. I lost Jeffrey. Jeffrey Lee Contreras, everybody. I will love him till the end of time. Whatever he thinks. I'm talking. Can't you hear me? No, I just Can't heard you, hear you now for the first time. Oh, my God. You're back. Oh, there you go. Yes. I heard. I, I was talking that whole time. <laughs> any way you want it. Any way you need it. Any way you want it. Bow, 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 bow. Oh, my mic was muted. I, I see that now. There's a page here that says done speaking. Oh, you muted your mic. Oh, brother. I didn't didn't mean to. I wasn't even, I hadn't had it on the app all night. It's weird. Esoteric Druid sent us a lightning bolt on Instagram. So there you go. Oh, man, that's powerful stuff right there. Powerful you, fucking stuff. 
dude esoteric druid knows what's up i've been following for him for a while he knows what's up well then a lightning bolt from him is worth two in the bush <laughs> oh man i don't know what should we end on should we end on the cabalian should you we end on some aspect of ritual work you and i used to do as brothers should we end on hey, i tell you what reptilians I, I, and i'm i'm I'm, I'm very jealous of you because you have that first edition you gave it to me you gave me the first i know edition. i did i remember us joking about it at the time so you paid 19 dollars for it and you gave it to me Yep, and it was the only first edition Kabbalion I've ever seen. And I was hopeful that I'd, you know, I said like, oh, I was early in my magical career. Look, it's the first edition Kabbalion. I'll buy it. I'll give it to, to you. We basically met that year, and, I, you know, we, we took a liking to each other, obviously, and I wanted you to have it. Do you, remember thought, why, well, do you remember why you signed it, why I had you sign it for me, Frater Chell? No, I don't. Mercy, because we joked maybe you'll just sell it for money one day. And I said to you, but what if you sign it to me from Frater C to Frater RC? Then I can't. And you were like, I'm not signing a first edition book. And I, I know. I can't believe you made me do that. <laughs> I made you sign a first edition Kabbalion, which is now worth thousands of dollars for a fact. <laughs> if it's not worth a thousand dollars now it will be one day a first edition Kabbalion is going to be worth a thousand dollars at some point in time no one debates that right they might be well, one signed by me for sure <laughs> yeah well one signed by you right actually i have a little uh i have a copy of the sefer ratzim in hebrew signed in hebrew uh and signed by lon milo and i'm gonna sign it and send it to one of my students as a christmas gift i've got that little sefer whoa that's nice yeah bro he's in texas too i think joseph it, oh don't listen to this joseph if you're listening don't it's too late i already said what i'm doing jesus i'm fucking <laughs> shut up shut up you shut up no you shut up anyway but you, I made you sign the Kabbalion first edition because I was like, that way I can't sell it. And you were like, oh, you probably said something like, boy, I tell you what, you know, I love you. Yeah, and I love you too. And either way, the Kabbalion's a beautiful book. It, I mean, we know what it is. If you don't know what it is, you should learn about what it is because it's a product of new age, new thought. But whatever. It is. And, and you know what? It's very law of one. It's very law of one, but I'm glad very you gave it to me. I'm glad you signed it. I was in, you bought it at the Bodai tree and I was in tears because I just bought the first earliest edition of the Key of Solomon and this other fratter saw me buy it and it was like, I should have that. I'm like, well, I bought it. And he's like, well, you're never going to need it as soon as I, and I started crying. <laughs> I was crying at the Bodai tree in Los Angeles at 16 and you're like fratter fratter man what's up man and i was like hey i bought the i bought the kids the solomon and solomon and and he said that i won't eat it before because he's a theor because i'm a zealotor and you were like you know what i bet you go all the way and he sizzles out and you were right a prophetic words right there <laughs> i mean honestly it it is strange that I joined at 15 and, and I'm still doing this today, but what can I say, man? I, I love, I love the work. I love the great work. And 
you take certain vows, you take certain whippings, spend a little time in the box, and uh, you have no choice, right? Exactly. Hey, I, 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 I wouldn't trade it on for anything else. I really wouldn't. I mean, your whole life is fucked by being a magician, but you wouldn't trade it for anything else, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You have no choice. It's. Game. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I, then again, I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't give it up. I can't. You know. People are like tell me about magic. It's like, are you fucking stupid? Are you stupid? Are you? You seem stupid because it's a stupid ass fucking question. Don't learn about magic. Don't do magic. Don't do an LBRP. Don't do any ritual magic. Fucking buy a fucking shirt. Go dancing. Don't do magic. If you have to do magic, bury yourself in it. And you will see things that other people believe with their physical eyes. Even if you're the biggest skeptic in the world, you, you will see things you don't believe are possible. And that's a fact. Do you want to see those things? I don't know. But don't do magic if you can avoid it. Don't fucking do it, right? And if you do do it, pick a system and stick to that system. It's a Dude. system for a reason. It's not a hodgepodge. It doesn't, there's no system that says jump from this system to another system to another system to another system. Oh, There's no system like that. Dude, you, that was the most adept thing I've ever heard you say. No offense. No offense. <laughs> no, I, I mean it. It's no the offense. truth, though. I mean, that was the most for a reason. wisdom you've ever said. And I don't know you, I haven't seen you physically in 20 years. Right. But that was, that was, that was the words of a fucking adept. No system says jump from the system. This is, and do you know, in the year after I closed Temple Tehuti in Vancouver, I met the Dalai Lama and he shook my hand, kissed my hand, initiated and blessed me with my scarf. And do you know what I said? I said, do you have a teaching for me? You know what he said? Don't become Buddhist. Take, do what you do. Only what you do. Man, that's, that's pretty profound. I then heard him say it to a coliseum full of 30,000 people two days later, because I got free tickets that he was brought over to Vancouver by my classmate, who was the lead PhD in law for blah, 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 Asian law department. He then said the same thing he said to me to, 20, 30,000 people, and they're all like, oh my God, I shouldn't become a new age Buddhist. He's like, fuck you, bitch. No. <laughs> now, if you have to become a Buddhist, you have to become a Buddhist, right? That's the thing. If you said to the Dalai Lama, I had to become a Buddhist, he'd be like, welcome. Now go deep. But if you're like, yo, I'm a, I'm a new age Christian, or I'm a Wiccan hippie Yoda, or I'm a psychedelic blah, 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 doesn't matter. He'd be like, yeah, that's great. But he'd always say, take it all away. Take it all away. All those fuckers say that shit. Take it all the way. That's the only way, you know, knowledge gets advanced. You know what I mean? That's, that's the only way humanity in general advances. You've got to go all the way. And so you like Trump. Oh, you got to take yeah, it all the way. I mean, you I think you think because, the sun you know, is a time traveler and there's already here present on earth, and I'm like rock and roll. I mean, I think Molly Harris are evil cunts. I think they're all evil cunts. I think all politicians are evil cunts, and I wish we could overthrow the entire world, but we can't. So I don't have the answers 
you don't have the answers, but we're all, we got to fucking fight for love, right? We got to fight for love or otherwise we're. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you fight for love? We have to love for love. forces that want to prevent love. Like love the for love. Don't fight for love. Love for love. If they see you walking from one house to another in the street to go see someone you love and they beat you with clubs, you have to fight that. Well, we have guns. <laughs> you guys have guns. <laughs> That's right. We just got like joints nobody gets beat in the street here <laughs> yeah in texas you guys like y'all got guns we got like i'm gonna hit you with my 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 joints or my my sticks or what i know you know it's a mess i need to move to austin find me a woman to marry okay okay sure we'll do cool yeah, yeah well, send me uh, your preferences yeah you know blonde hair blue eyes aryan <laughs> <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> no, just give me a just find one of those um rescue one of those failed white rappers from China, you know? One of the one of the you know there's all these rappers in China who suck and so they're being put in concentration camps, the, the Uyghurs, the Uyghurs. Yes. Give me a Uyghur from China and I'll marry her. I'll see what Texas. I can do. Yeah. Can men marry men in Texas? Yeah, of course. Well, I'll marry you. You can marry me. We'll trade citizenships. Jeff, I would marry you so fast. Yeah, but I'm not. No. Nope. Sorry. We wouldn't I mean, it's not because I'm a, I'm not a homophobe. It's just, you know, you're not my type. But I would do that thing you like. Yeah, I don't think you'd do it well. Bro, I love you, man. This has been a be wrong, great epic chat, man. I love you right back, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, let's do it again. God. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, anytime sure. you have a slow week, just give me a call. If I'm deplatformed and banned from all social sites and Google cancels my Gmails, uh at least we know why it happened. And you need to start using Proton Mail anyway. Come on. I a proto pro wait, what? Proton mail? Okay. I've heard that a few times now. This is the third time. Is that actually as good as it sounds? Yeah, but every but you have to send it to somebody who has it too for it to be encrypted. Usually, I use my own server, but like if Proton Mail is as good as it sounds, I would. Oh, it's got the, it's got it's got that too. You can use that. You can use your own server with it. You just have to upgrade. Check it out; you'll love it. They should be sponsored for your show, actually. <laughs> Um, I use Brave now. I use Brave, and I used uh, Radkowski's like uh, his his affiliate link because I wanted to send him. Good, good. No, you know yeah. I, I appreciate everybody it, should man. use Brave. Anyone and yeah, Brave is good. It doesn't help for certain things, but it's it's okay for other things. You know, it is. I love their Tor app. You know, in there. Yeah, uh, who doesn't love a little bit of Ethereum on the side, right? There you go. Oh God, but like. Yeah, no, I, I, I should, I, I need to move to fucking Austin, man. What's rent there? What's rent in Austin? Because I'm paying very expensive. Two grand a month here. Two grand? Oh, it's cheaper than that. But you're paying Canadian, so that's what six hundred dollars. Five dollars, five dollars, three dollars. No, no, it's 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 twenty percent different. It's it's twenty percent difference. Oh, 
but like you can oh, get well, a one bedroom still here, a, lot. Like, a one bedroom here costs thirty four hundred dollars a month. What? Yeah, real talk. Damn, dude, you can get you can get a three bedroom, two bath house here for two thousand a month, easy. I'll see you probably seventeen hundred. I'll see you next year. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do let's it. Do that shit. Fuck. I'm gonna All right. go cut my teeth at Joe Rogan's stand up comedian club. I like I gotta get out of Canada, man. Like I'm here for my mom, but when she kicks the bucket, it's it's game over. I can't be here anymore. Dude, she's right there, dude. She's Come right on. There. She's right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway. Let's she's do it again. I've got to go. I've, I've got to work. I've got to work in the morning. Five. She's watching Party of Five or whatever. No. Cool. I'm <laughs> not here. There's no one else here. There's no one else here except me and the spirits. I'm alone in this bed sit, as Crowley would call it. Me and this bed sit. We're just invoking the spirits alone. And let me end with this note. If you want to learn the Golden Dawn tradition, this brother here. He might be a a, a right wing nut job, but he's he's a representative of the Golden Dawn tradition in its finest form. And let me also say, he's not a right wing nut job because he's a beautiful human being who actually is willing to love and talk to you about absolutely anything you want to love and talk about. And that's why I love you, bro. Like you are one of. I would the call myself a conservative moderate. Oh yeah, no, I'm tongue in cheek as fuck, right? Obviously. Right, right. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. No, you're thing. Here's the thing. The thing is, it's problematic that people who want to ask questions, like I grew up asking the question, "What if? What if? What if?" And we asked that in Dungeons and Dragons games. We asked that when we were writing fiction. We asked that as a matter of course in the Vancouver Waller School. What if? What if? And you're a human being who's an American from Texas that I met when I was a teenager in high school in the 90s before an initiation in the Golden Dawn. And I asked you the question, what if? And you said, you said so many what ifs that it spun my brain out for the rest of my life. And here we are. And I am so grateful to have met you because my life would be much poorer without you and your mind in your well that is a, that's an incredible compliment that i'm humbled by it it's been a pervasive truth in my life so thank you very much for this time brother and i hope other people get a kick or two out of our shenanigans <laughs> all right we'll, we'll talk again soon to be continued at south by southwest and fucking find me a girlfriend in austin texas and i'm there will do i'm joking people i'm joking but I'm not. No, he's not. He's not joking. <laughs> Love and Thanks light, everyone. Peace. Y'all take care. Peace. Bye. Bye. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. 
Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. Hermetic Science Enterprises.co.uk